New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. What? He was expecting somebody else? Now you gonna hate on me? That's okay, I'll shake you right off his okay, I'm on fire right now, you hurt? You need to listen up, Undertaker. See, I've been watching you ever since you debuted as dead man. You're full of more crap than a super-sized bedpan. And this whole thing's a front, man. You were never deceased. You drive from funeral to funeral just to hit on a priest. I heard rumors about you, dog. You used to hit on men often. Our two-way Paul Barry said you shared the same coffin. He was never dead, man. The whole time you was faking. And you beating John Cena? You gravely mistaken. See, you old news, dog. Fans won't even miss you. You ain't a dead man. You just a dead issue. And if vengeance, I'm gonna prove the big dog is all bark. I'm gonna claim my territory. Right on the mark. Word life. Two thousand three, John Cena cutting one of many entertaining promos on the Undertaker. You know, WWE does look back at this feud and celebrate it a little bit, but they always use one or two vignettes that are kind of shangada. This is not one of them. Uh, you know, the little homophobic references, pissing on an actual tombstone from a graveyard, a cemetery. You know, some people would say it has not aged well. I think it's just fine. Remember, it's entertainment. We have entertaining movies that involve killing people. We have entertaining movies that involve attacking people. Nobody takes it personally and seriously. But I understand a lot of WWE wrestlers are role models. However, I think some actors and actresses are role models that play some very questionable roles in movies. Just WWE... You know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Season 2, episode 29, this week in wrestling history. I am back once again. This week, we covered a period of July 16th through July 22nd. And I promise you, there's going to be some audio clips this week you probably have never heard before. Some were very, very difficult to find in my collection. But, hey, I always go balls out for all of you. You appreciate the work. I'll keep banging these out. Although the history show is coming to an end very, very soon. I don't know which week yet, but uh, it is coming to an end. But let's kick it right off this week with some audio clips. 1986, The Great Betrayal. One of the biggest storylines in the WWF in the mid-80s, no question, I'm going to be honest, at the time, because uh, wrestling was more innocent, the cat was not publicly let out of the bag, you didn't have the internet, dirt sheets were pretty much non-existent still in 86, you had a little bit here and there, but for the most part, 
you know, you were a kid growing up as a wrestling fan and you either, you know, favored the baby faces more than anything or you favored the heels. You didn't analyze it like, wow, that was an awesome heel turn and storyline and feud. No, you were either happy or you were angry. I don't remember any of us thinking that Paul Orndorff had a chance of winning the WWF heavyweight title at the time. But man, this was such a great turn. Legendary. And, you know, just a little backdrop. In 85, Hogan and Paul Orndorff became a cohesive unit. Who could ever forget Saturday night's main event when they did the pose down? And Vince McMahon, oh, yeah! <laughs> Not the Kool-Aid guy, but uh, he was really into it. And they were pretty much a cohesive unit for about a year. Hogan, heavyweight champion, so him doing mostly singles work. But it was this week in 86 at Poughkeepsie, New York. We had a tag team match go down between Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff versus Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy. And I'm going to present to you now the closing moments of the match, what went down with the great betrayal, and as a little bonus, a promo from Paul Orndorff and Hulk Hogan at the time in 86 talking about the great betrayal. Hulk Hogan hammering away on Big John Stott. Shoves him to... Oh, my! Forget about it! Ooh, wow! And another one! Hulk with Big John Stott to the buckle of Hulkster. Uh-oh, look at that. Oh, he got caught with that nose liner. Yes, he did. The Hulkster trying to make the tag. Horndorf wants to get in there. Let's take off. Bundy will not allow it. Hulkster off the rope, double team. Come on, referee, get one of them out of there. Horndorf still trying to make the tag, but Bundy is all over the hook. One, we get two. Wow, that was close. Well, they're going to do everything not to have him take out now. They feel it there, but Hogan hurts right now, and they're going to try their best to finish him off here. Slam, King Kong Bundy. Wait a minute, break in the face. Now he's got a chance to take out here. Stab comes in. Headbutt. Oh. Trying to make the tag. The Hulkster trying to make the tag on Paul Orndorff. Backed into the corner. Meanwhile, the double team effort continues. Come on, referee. You've got to disqualify him. That's two men in there at the same time. Orndorff hanging on. Orndorff got hit in the eye as, uh, as Hogan went backwards. And he got knocked clear out of the ring. But now look at this. Why is the referee disqualifying these guys? I think he already gave the signal to the timekeeper. They've already been disqualified. Someone, come on, Paul, get in there. Orndorff should get in there and help out. What's all Just hammering away on the champion. The match is officially over. They're just hammering and hammering. Finally, Orndorff comes in to help out. He sure took his sweet time about it. Nonetheless, Orndorff finally coming in to help champion Hulk Hogan. Gets him up. Pats him, all right. They'll win the match. Holds his hand up high for victory. They'll win this matchup, but nonetheless. Oh, no! What the oh. world? What? What the heck was that all about? You gotta be... No! No! 
what we've seen. This is one of those surreal moments. You don't know if it's really happened or not. I'm shocked. I am totally shocked. I don't believe that Paul Orndorff would pull a cheap, cheap shot like he just did. That's incredible. What in the world is wrong with that man? What possessed him to do that? We may have a replay of it. Look at, oh, no, wait a minute. Heenan right there just patting, patting him on the shoulder. I don't believe it. Oh, wait a minute. Look at Adrian. This looks like might have been something that had been planned by all these people. Look at this. What? Back to live action. Let's go back to the arena. The holster being carried out. Holding his neck. Well, let's go back if we can now. Let's go back to Bobby Heenan. He's back there somewhere. You were Mr. Wonderful. You were it. You were stupendous. You showed the chicken wonder oh, where it was at. You showed chicken wonder where it was at. Wonderful! 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 I can't believe what we're seeing. We're going to have further comments. Stay tuned, everyone. He's going to get his shot eventually at Hulk Hogan and become the world's champion. And you're lucky he's not a racehorse or he'd win the Belmont and the Kentucky Derby also because he's the greatest athlete today. And he's the only man that ever left the champion of the world, Hulk Hogan Lane. And he has a simple name. It's just Mr. Wonderful. And here he comes. You know, Bobby, some people would say just what you've just said to everybody out there, that that would be bragging. That that would just be thinking that you're cocky. But you know something? That's exactly right. The truth really hurts. Because Hulk Hogan, I have earned respect. I deserve respect. I was drafted in the NFL. I was in the College Football Hall of Fame, high school All-American, the greatest athlete to ever come out of the state of Florida. I've earned it. I deserve to be the next world heavyweight champion. You see, Hulk Hogan, the difference between you and I is that I'll do anything at any cost to get something I want. I'll even sell my own family down the river for one reason. And that's how world's anyway felt. You see something? I left you laying right in the middle of the rain. Right then I left you because you thought that I was your friend. <laughs> friend. You're really dumb. Dumb. Because Hulk Hogan, I've got you running wild right now. You're on the Rangers at the point of no return. Sooner or later, Hogan, you're going to have to be man enough to sign your name to a contract. And that I'm going to be the champion. Bill, you better cool out, big dude. 
All of New York City knows I got my head right, man. I've been riding my Harley Davidson up and down 95, brother, with my shirt off, dude. Just getting ready for Mr. Orndorff. It's kind of cool outside, but that's the way I like it, you know. This Orndorff, man, he disgraced all of New York City because we were all training with a dude, man. We all believed in him. It's just like that parking meter that I bought, bit the head off of. He's just like small change in the world of professional wrestling. He's no big time, man. And I'm going to prove that to all you people out there. You know, this is Hulk country in New York, man. In the Hulkamaniacs, we've got our priorities in order, brother. Number one, we know who the boss is. That's the big dude up there. And he created the heaven, the earth, the Hulkamaniacs, New York City, and the largest arms in the world, brother. And the reason he created the largest arms in the world has become quite evident now. It's to take care of people like that Mr. Wonderful and that no good Bobby the Weasel Heenan, man. Wonderful, you make me sick, man. You're just like an old dog that can't even wag his own tail without help. I'm going to be the judge, jury, the executioner, man, because you're just like a spy. We don't need no electric chair, no gas chamber. You're going to get the ultimate sentence in Long Island of Hulkamania. It is so easy now with the internet, with dirt sheets and newsletters for decades and decades and decades and hotlines and podcasts and shoot interviews and analysts and analyzing previous analysts and blah, 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 and thinking about it decades later. And I know a lot of people say, man, Orndorff should have gotten the title at that time. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. Being a young wrestling fan at that time where you only had magazines and television, you didn't have hotlines. You really didn't have newsletters. You didn't, there was no internet. You know, Hulkamania was just too huge at the time. And I don't think Orndorff should have gotten the belt. And it was just an awesome heel turn, an awesome feud. And look, you look at Orndorff's portfolio. His physique, his attitude, his promos. He is perfect as a heel. But you know what? I don't want to say it worked great as a baby face but you know what you needed someone like that to align with hogan and you needed it to last a while this was a year so this way when he did turn it was something that you did not expect and it was powerful i loved it now we go to 1989 another audio clip in a moment saturday night's main event from worcester uh massachusetts Hogan retains the WWF title over the Honky Tonk Man. Jimmy Snook over Greg Valentine. Brutus Beefcake over Macho Man Randy Savage. And we had a title match. It was Demolition, who at the time had the longest reigning run as tag champs, 478 days. They were putting the belts on the line against the Brain Busters, managed by Bobby Heenan. And this was a best two out of three falls match. I'm going to give you right now the third and deciding fall. And as you will hear, uh, history was made on Saturday night's main event. We're back with the third and deciding fall as Andre the Giant takes a ringside seat. And in the ring now, it's Tully Blanchard squaring up against Axe. As Axe goes in now with an elbow. Well, I have to admit, you know, Demolition has had most of the advantage of this title match. The brain busters are going to have to reach down deep and do something to turn the tide. One fall apiece. Tag is made now. A smash steps in. Axe hanging on for good measure. Smash just relays Tully Blanchard. Blanchard over the top rope to the outside. 
Joey Morella kicked on Batista demolition. And they certainly know that referee Joey Morella will disqualify him as he has in the second fall. Meanwhile, a little help from the outside by Axe. Smash now. Legal tag. And what's going to happen here? You see no double teaming there whatsoever, Jesse. Tony Blanchard off the road. Elbow sends Blanchard down again. And Blanchard's in trouble. He has got to make a tag to Iron Anderson. Ooh, my. Beautiful fun to the... Oh, Ooh, but look at that. Wow, he ran him head to head right into his partner. Andre the Giant looking over to watch fly. And it appears as though Tully Badger is in perhaps more trouble than his opponent. What's Bobby the Brain Enid doing? Tag is made. Here comes Arn Anderson and Arn's hurt. Arn Anderson probably not in any better shape than his partner Tully Badger. And action there right now. A dazed axe with a dazed Arn Anderson. But it's Anderson recuperating first. No, retaliation now by Axe. And once again, the Brain Busters are falling right into the laps of Demolition. This is Demolition's kind of match. Wow, did you see what happened there? Anderson went head first into the buckle. His head snapped back and caught Axe head to head. Both of them are down. Both of them almost out. Bobby Heenan talking Arn Anderson all the way down to try and tag his partner, Tully Badger. Tag is made. And so is the tag on the other side. Two fresh men in the ring. Smash now with Tully Badger. Badger for the ride. Ooh, and you can see Smash is cleaning house all four wrestlers in there now. No, it's wrestlers on the outside as well as Badger and Smash on the inside. We're going at it on the outside as well. Oh my, look at that. Wow, Iron Anderson run into the post. Smash going for a big suplex. No, beautiful move by Tully. Went behind him. Moving Smash over now. Arn Anderson back on the rope. Again, all four wrestlers in the ring. Bobby heated up on the apron. We got total chaos here. Wait a minute. Andre the Giant threw a chair in the ring. Tully Bridget. Oh, oh, he hit Smash with the chair. You know what, down just the way the brain said it would, and now the Heenan family has all the gold, the Intercontinental title. Here comes Bobby the Brain Heenan, a very, very happy 
Bobby Heenan. Bobby, how do you feel at this moment of triumph for the tag team championship of the world? Two champions where they were bigger than us, they were more powerful, but we beat them with our brains, and we beat them with our Brain Busters, the first ever team to hold both the NWA and WWF tag team titles. And look, New Day now holds the longest reign as tag champs. Everybody remembers they surpassed Demolition. Demolition even commented about it. A lot of people forget it was the Brain Busters that actually ended Demolition's 478 tag uh, title reign. 1991 controversy in the WWF. At this time, we got Jacques Rougeau, who, in my opinion, was killing it as the Mountie. I don't think anybody ever thought that Jacques Rougeau would be so great on the mic, not only as a heel, but doing the Mountie character. And he had been getting a lot of momentum in the WWF at the time. Uh, However, he hails from Canada. Canada was not happy with the Mountie Character to the point that they banned WWF having Jacques Rougeau perform in Canada as the Mountie to the extent that if Jacques Rougeau tried to wrestle as the Mountie in Canada, he would be arrested. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police were not happy at being mocked like that. Canada don't fuck around. And, you know, I don't know if WWF was trolling at the time, but if you watched TV for the WWF on a regular basis while all this was trying to be ironed out. You would have a once in a while uh, Jacques Rougeau do an interview on TV and they would put in the corner simulcast or live from Canada to try to portray that Jacques Rougeau was currently in Canada at the time and doing the Mountie promo. But it was this week in 91 that Canada... The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the WWF and Jacques Rougeau came to an agreement that Jacques Rougeau can wrestle for the WWF in Canada, but he cannot wrestle as the Mountie. WWF was insistent that the Mountie will continue in the United States, and believe me, it continued for a little while. But whenever it came to Canada, uh uh-uh, cannot do the Mountie, cannot even mention the name I mean, he could dress normal. He can't even mention the name, the Mountie. Can't even tease it. You know, he could say he's law and order, but that's as far as it could go. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. Here's a promo of Jacques Rougeau as the Mountie hyping up a match that he is going to have in the United States. 
Yo, this man can sing, he can dance, and he can wrestle! Why? Because he's the Mountie! Okay, Jimmy, give him a cue. Okay, everybody! Bum, ba, bum, bum, ba, bum, bum, ba, bum, ba, bum. On the mountain, I'm handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong. Solar! Who do you think you are? Coming out nationwide and telling people, commanding people, and ordering people around. You are nothing but a sergeant. And you remember that. In my country, you'd be nothing but an hostage. I am the Mountie, I'm Lord Order, and I'll show it to you one more time. Now, same period, here is Jacques Rougeau cutting a promo about a match that he has upcoming, but in Canada. I'm back from 43 years old, baby, coming out of retirement to step in the ring with the Mountie. You know, at one time, Bob Backlund, we know you were the WWF champion, a great one. But this man has great credentials, too. His sister was a wrestler. His brother was a wrestler. His father was a famous wrestler. And you're going to beat him? No way, J.D. And I am a famous wrestler. I am Jacques Rougeau. That's right. And I'm not talking about 10, 15 years ago. I'm talking about right now. The time is now, Backlund. You come out of that rocking chair and you want to wrestle me, the greatest law enforcement officer of all times? I'll eat you up and I'll spit you out. Because, yes, the Jacques Rougeau gets his man. Doesn't have the same luster, does it? But still, it was a big-time deal at the time. Newspapers actually covered this. I actually was going to post a little clip from a newspaper on the synopsis this week, but there were so many photos to choose from. You know, unfortunately, didn't make the cut. But that happened this week in 91. 1992. First ever ladder match in the WWF. A lot of people think it's Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Not true. This week in 92, in Portland, Maine, Bret the Hitman Hart, who was the Intercontinental Champion at the time, he was actually defending the title against Shawn Michaels, and this was, in fact, the first ever ladder match. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of this match. Only runs about 10 minutes, but I'm going to share it with you right now. It's very entertaining. It's very historic, obviously. So here you go. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. First ever ladder match in the WWF, 1992. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a ladder match scheduled for the Intercontinental title. Introducing first... Decided by a ladder match. Absolutely, I've never seen a title match that's been decided in such a manner before ever. You're right, it's the first, and it's extremely unusual. Very rare. And what a match it's gonna be. Talk about guys with tremendous qualifications. The challenger right here, Shawn Michaels, is gonna face the excellence of execution. Ladder. Intercontinental champion. 
about the rudiments of a ladder title match. You know, Alfred, most unusual because for all intents and purposes, Brett the Hitman has lost that belt right now. He has to surrender that belt to the referee. It will be hung from a cable and raised inside the ring. And whoever gets the ladder, gets it up there in the proper position and can reach the belt, will own it. That, that's uh, a thought. Yes, absolutely, he has. And there is this instant now when both men really are starting from scratch and they are both, in fact, challengers for them. They're both beltless at this particular point in time. There it goes. A last-minute uh, scrutiny of that belt. How much outside interference, Alfred, do you think we're going to get here from the sensational sheriff? Well, she doesn't interfere in oh, the matches. Not a, uh, to give her an opportunity. The bell's gone. She is a Look very at that. What did you put it on? 12 feet high. Perhaps 14. I would say yes. Definitely. And still climbing. Yes, yeah, still going up. Still soaring aloft, you might say. Now, they have to go outside the ring. They, they have, have to, to go out and get the ladder, bring it in. When you think that you have your man in a compromised position. You that's, can do that. That's all they difficult to do. Absolutely. Especially with that witch running around out there. She's not going to interfere. Oh, no. I take you at your word, Albert. Shawn Michaels would love nothing better than to get his hands on the Intercontinental title. Well, I'll tell you what, he'd make a heck of a champion too. Well, he has uh, tried extremely hard for that particular trinket, that belt. But so far he's been unsuccessful. However, with this unique type of title contest, he may uh, prove to be better than Bret Hart. Nice, nice move there. What a backdrop by the hitman. Alfred, if either one of these individuals has ever been in a ladder match before. No, I doubt it. I really do doubt it. I mean, in my lifetime, I've probably only seen two ladder matches. I've never seen a title ladder match. I understand there was a shotgun involved in one of them, Alfred. Is that correct? Oh, no, that was another match. Yes, I'm sorry. A different kind of match. I lost control there. Hitman gaining control here. Wow. What an uppercut. That would be a good time to go get the ladder. Maybe not. I think a little bit early yet, don't you? Both these men have tremendous stamina. And both of them are right on top of their physical condition. I would imagine that they'll try and wear each other down, definitely, like you say. But well, that's the key. Of course, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Scary Sherry went over there and grabbed the ladder. Well, that's a big ladder, Gorilla. Very heavy, heavy ladder. Too. She's a big one, too, Alfred. She is I, a big You know, one. she may outweigh Sean. <laughs> She's a big girl. She really is a big girl. She's such a beautiful young lady, though. And got a tattoo right on her breast, Alfred. How do you Did know you that? see that? No, I did. It's I right there. Well, wait till we get another close up. I'll show you. I don't look at things like that. Oh. That's not what I heard. <laughs> there it is. Hanging there, well out of the reach, of course, without that ladder. Wow, nice move downstairs into the breadbasket. Sean taking a look. He, this may be the opportunity he's been waiting for. Now the ladder, of course, very close in proximity to the ring. 
Oh, what a blow to the left shoulder that was of Michaels. See, now why would the hitman want him back inside, Alfred? Well, he's a very nice sort of a person. He likes a clean cut victory. Yeah, he... but that's less room for the ladder now. Yes, it is. And, uh, well, maybe he's going to soften him up a little bit more, then toss him outside. No, he's not. I beg your pardon. Well, right? Brett's going out after the ladder himself. Not only is this match unique, oh, look at that. I told you, Albert, if I were the type of guy to say I told you so, now would be the time to say it. I think it would indeed, and now look at this. A page out of Brett Hart. Hey, Brett, turn around. Pay attention. He's about to lose his title. Wow, what a last-minute save. Surely they're not going to wrestle in this ring with that ladder there. They certainly are. That's extremely dangerous. I was about to say one of the most dangerous matches that I know of. Indeed. A steel ladder inside the squared circle. What's he doing now? Oh, no. He's using it as a ramrod. Shawn Michaels just ramming the steel ladder into the gut of the hitman. Well, that's not against the rules, is it? Not that I know of. Not that I know See, of. See, the rules are very simple for this match, Alfred. Get the rules ball. are, there are none. Yes, there are no rules, yes. Oh, look at that go by the hitman. Desperation moves. Oh, she's upset, Alfred. She is indeed, but she's only waking up the champion. Oh, he's not the champion now, is he? He's just a challenger. Oh, he really isn't. Oh, there it is. That could be the beginning of the end right there. Another thing, of course, is that a draw doesn't solve anything in this match. Because oh, there is no. There cannot be a draw here. There is no such thing as a draw. Absolutely not. There cannot be a draw. Someone will win the title right here. And it looks like... Sean is in a perfect position to do just that. He's in a good situation now. Hart right out. Albert completely on his back. Oh, he's got his leg. Uh -huh. Well, Sean Michaels was climbing the wrong side of the line. Can you believe it? He almost had it. He had his hands on it. Sold from the outside, and look at this. Oh, Brett, gotta go up a little higher, Brett. Stretchy, the reach it. Oh, look at they're both up there now. Oh, oh good move by Michaels. A brilliant move, and I think this may win the championship for him. Although you can never count hard out. Look at him. He's he was back on his hands and knees after that heavy, heavy blow to the forehead. This capacity crowd here in Portland, Maine, has just gone bananas here in anticipation of the Intercontinental title changing hands. All shots setting it up, but the hitman comes out strong here. Beautiful.
And that must have surely knocked him out. But he seems to be recovering. Quite incredible, this. Look at this particular move. Well, yes, he did, but he also needed to give one more shot to Michaels. As we said in the beginning, both these men have tremendous stamina. And a testament to the physical condition of the superstars here in the World Wrestling Federation. It certainly is, and a very, very visible one at that. Oh, look at that from the outside. Sherry reaching in and grabbing the foot. Oh, there's that patented. Reverse crescent kick. Come on, and so well executed there by Michaels. And this time it definitely does look as if Hart is down and out. He is laboring very heavily now. Golden opportunity here for Michaels to seize. Here it comes. Side suplex. And Hart going down very heavily indeed. No protection there. He didn't put his arms out to break the fall. He went straight on the back and the back of his head. Michaels, has he got enough strength to get that steel ladder up? Yes, easily. Things not looking good for the hitman and this capacity crowd here in Portland. Sensing that. Trying to get that adrenaline flow to the body of the hitman. But he's still down, flat on his back. He's got to go up one more rung. Why does he realize that? In 1993, NWA and WCW present Beach Blast from Biloxi, Mississippi. This would be the last pay-per-view under the WCW slash NWA banner because by the end of the summer, WCW broke away from the NWA. Match results for the TV title, Paul Orndorff retains over Ron Simmons. Two Cold Scorpio and Mark Bagwell over Tex Slashinger and Shanghai Pierce. Johnny B. Bad over Max Payne. Lord Steven Regal over Eric Watts. For the vacant WCW United States title, Dustin Rhodes and Ravishing Rick Rude went to a draw. It was one fall apiece. 
Time ran out. No overtime. The Hollywood Blondes retained the WCW tag titles, defeating Paul Roma and Arn Anderson. Sting and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, over Vader and Sid Vicious. And Ric Flair regains the NWA World Heavyweight title, defeating Barry Windham. 1994, Vince McMahon acquitted of conspiracy to distribute steroids. This was the big trial at the time. This was the trial where Stephanie said it was their 9-11. You remember that controversy? Big time news here locally. I mean, if you go back and research newspapers, this was covered nationwide. But especially in New York, it was a big freaking deal. Um, Keep in mind, it was only a week ago that Hulk Hogan was on the stand in the trial, admitted to doing steroids. And the same week that Vince McMahon was acquitted, we had WCW, Bash at the Beach from Orlando, Florida. Hulk Hogan making his WCW debut in ring. And he was taking on Ric Flair who was the WCW Heavyweight Champ at the time. We will get into that match in a moment. But first, the match results. Dark match, Brian Armstrong and Brad Armstrong over Bobby Eaton and Steve Kern. For the TV title, Lord Steven Regal retains over Johnny B. Bad. Vader over the Guardian Angel. Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck over Arn Anderson and Dustin Rhodes. Steve Austin retains the United States title over Ricky Steamboat. Pretty wonderful over Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan to win the WCW Tag Titles. And the main event, remember, we have Mr. T there as sort of an enforcer of Hogan. You had Shaquille O'Neal there. I mean, this was a pretty big deal. I mean, Inoki was there. They were honoring him. You had legends, uh, baseball Hall of Famers, like Hank Aaron and others. Um, I remember at the end, after the match was over, and um, Mean Gene Oakland was in the back interviewing Hogan. There was a bunch of wrestlers there as well. And it was funny because he called Brutus Beefcake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, even though he was in WCW. Look, slip of the tongue. But here in progress, a big deal. Historic, obviously. At the time, Hulk Hogan wrestling his first WCW match, and he was taking on Ric Flair for the heavyweight title. Squeeze that mustache right off his face. A good look at that chin lock and a good look at our fans. Kenny Hogan in unison. WCW is Bash of the Beach, the biggest wrestling pay-per-view event ever. Because of these two, the two greatest superstars in the history of professional wrestling. Probably the two greatest superstars of all time in the sport of wrestling. I think that's what I said. Reverse chin lock. I can't hear. It's deafening in here. You don't have to yell at me, Shivani. I'm not blind. Flair, it may be a form of a sleeper hold right here. It is. As Shaquille O'Neal watches on intently. Flair. There you see it. Shaq along with Commissioner Nick Popwinkle. Flair has an arm right below the chin. I guarantee you, Hogan wants this match as bad as O'Neal wants a championship NBA ring. Absolutely. But uh, Hogan's got a chance to win it. He'll never.
on the Hulkathon. Reminding the Hulksters about the millions of Hulkamaniacs all over the world. This is the time the champions are made. When you're down, when a man like Flair's over top of it, when he has... Now's when you reach into that picture, Monty. Now's when you reach down and you pull for all it's worth. And you get up to your feet. You use the ropes. You use the referee. You use anything you have to. But you get on your feet, and by God, you fight, you fight, you fight. Let's no. see if Hogan's got it. No, you don't. You use your determination. You use your heart. You use your desire. You use the... You use anything you can. A chair, a board. As the Hulkster says, you use the most powerful force in the universe, Hulkamania. And right now, the fans here trying to let Hulkamania come back again. I don't like the looks of this. He's back up. He's up.
finish on the Hulkster. There's no referee. Finally, the Dillinger's out. Nick Patrick has made it to ringside. Nick Patrick is. Nick Patrick apparently is going to continue. He is not signaling you or me to ring the bell, is he? This is the greatest match I've seen either of 
Cam Shivani, the hunkster on his knees. Watch, he'll start the head moving. He'll get the hair shaking. He's got the adrenaline. Hulkamania is alive. It's just Hogan and Flair. Jerry's gone. Mr. T, make sure of that. Historic. Loved the match. Went over 20 minutes. Ric Flair did a great job. 
you know, really hyping this up as well. He deserves a boatload of credit, but the Hulkamania era in the WCW began this week in 94. Hogan with his first reign as WCW champ. 1995, Spellbinder comes to the WWF under the name Fantasio, Fantasio, however you want to pronounce it. It sucked. It, it, one and only TV appearance in the WWF, and if you watch the match, you'll understand why. I can't describe, the best way I could describe the match, it only went like two minutes. And I'm going to share with you the commentary by uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Jim Ross, which I always loved that combination because it didn't happen all that long, sadly. But still, if you go back to watching jobber matches on TV in the 70s and the 80s especially, there's a series of moves that you do in a match, you know, a couple of drop kicks, a couple of, uh, you know, flips, you know, arm drags. It's like a series of moves that are usually done in the same order. And that's what he was doing. There was nothing that stood out as far as his in-ring work. And it, it just didn't click. The magical shit I thought was dopey. Uh, you know, pulling the boxers out of DeVito's trunks was goofy. Like, we're supposed to believe that somehow he ripped off his boxers that he actually was wearing. And then he did it to the referee. You know, look, I thought he was great as the spellbinder, you know, in, in other promotions. And, you know, a lot of people may not even know. He appeared in the first ever NWA TNA pay-per-view in June of 92. And he wrestled as Del Rios. And, you know, if you remember as well, he was doing a little takeoff of Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. So think about that. Fantasio, Harry Del Rios, wrestled on TV only one time in WWF history and only wrestled one time in NWA TNA TV history. Here is... What went down with his one and only match on WWF television? The first Coming time we've seen... Oh! Wow, did you see that? He turned that candle into a walking stick. Very nice. Fantasia making his way to the ring. His debut. He's going to be taking on uh, Tony DeVito here this week on WWF Wrestling Challenge. No relation to Danny DeVito. We don't think. So. He does resemble Rhea Perlman somewhat, but that's another Holy, story. Did you wait a minute here? Did I see what I thought I saw? Smoke came right out of his hat there. Oh my! WWF interactive game. Kids, Spider-Man. Kids, you must be 18 years of age or have your parents' permission before calling. Hey, this guy's good. He's certainly got uh, Mr. Devito off balance here. Uh, literally and figuratively. Arm drag takeover, and it looks like... Uh, He's ambidextrous. We have a southpaw on our hands, perhaps. Well, he's gone both ways. He's done some left-handed moves and some right-handed moves. He's not bad, either. He certainly has uh, kept uh, DeVito off balance, as we alluded to. And you have to be impressed. Uh, the, uh, the illusionist has uh, been uh, very methodical, hasn't made any mistakes. He's been very deliberate here in his execution inside the squared circle. I wonder if we've seen the last of his tricks, though. Well, you know, he doesn't have any sleeves or anything to hide anything. Any cards or rabbits or whatever. Right hand by Maybe the... Maybe he doesn't do rabbits. I don't know. 
Maybe rabbits aren't his thing. I don't know. Again, we don't know a lot about this guy, ladies and gentlemen. You're seeing him. We're seeing him for the first time as you are. And a good shoulder block. Oh, nice elevation on that. Nice move and firm control. Scoops up DeVito. And, and planted him. Sure did. And it does it one more time. Nice scoop slam. And DeVito went the roundhouse. Tomic drop, yes. Compressing the old vertebrae there a little bit. What, Wait he, a minute. He just, Holy smokes. He just reached in. And he just uh, took uh, DeVito's underwear right off from him. He reached right down into DeVito's tights and pulled he off his pulled underwear. Out. And they're nice oh, underwear. They're boxers oh, with flowers or hearts or something. Holy man. Oh, look out. And, he, he just, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's Hedner's underwear. Well, I think. And they they're striped. They match his shirt. They At least he's returning them to him. You better hold on to your underwear, Jim well, I'm going to. Does, do they match your tie? Well, I didn't, that's, that's personal. Continuing with 1995 controversy in Florida, ECW. Wow. When I share this clip now, you're either going to say, no big deal. You might find it uncomfortable. You might think it sounds sexy. You may think it's just uh, a valet female manager tormenting a wrestler. I don't know how you'll interpret it, but the Sunshine Network in Florida would have nothing to do with this clip on TV. Now, I've explained in the past, you know, the infamous moment where Beulah and Kimona had that lesbian kiss on ECW TV. We didn't get that episode in New York. They would not allow it to air. So when I went to ECW at the next event... At that time, you know, ECW gave everybody a gift who was there live, gave everybody a VHS tape for free. And it was that one episode that we didn't get the opportunity to see on TV. I thought it was pretty cool. Now, I don't think that they did that for the residents in Florida because I don't think ECW really had any events in the near future in Florida after this weekend that went down. But still, Sunshine Network saw the footage said, no, 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 we're not airing this on TV. In fact, they didn't even want ECW on the network anymore. Paul Heyman ironed that, that out with the network. They were back on in a week or two. But here's basically what went down. They had an event in Tampa, Florida. You know, this is the same event where the public enemy in the main event beat the gangsters. And then public enemy had all the fans enter the ring and they're celebrating with public enemy. And then the ring, you know, buckles because of all the weight. Same event. But earlier in the night, there was a battle royal to determine who was going to face the Sandman later on for the ECW Heavyweight title. The participants in the battle royal was Raven, Stevie Richards, the Pitbulls, Dudley Dudley, Mikey Whipwreck, Tommy Dreamer, Two Cold Scorpio, the Vampire Warrior, Bull Payne, and Ian Rotten. I don't think I left anybody out. And it was won by Mikey Whipwreck. Now, there was an added stipulation later on that whoever lost in the match between Whipwreck and Sandman would get lashed 10 times with the Singapore cane. Now, remember 95, summer and the fall. Mikey Whipwreck feuding with the Sandman, ultimately wins the ECW Heavyweight title, underdog. Then Steve Austin enters the mix, gets involved a little bit with Sandman and Mikey for a month or two, and then Austin would leave for WWF. So they needed to build up Mikey Whipwreck, not only as a legitimate underdog, but you had to have some emotion behind Whipwreck. A lot of fans did not like Whipwreck getting that title, even for a short period of time. 
You know, they just, a lot of people never got behind them. I thought ECW did a fabulous job over the summer at this time, even this event, to put a lot of sympathy in the eyes of the fans towards Mikey. So ultimately they have the match later on and Mikey loses. So now he's got to take 10 lashes with the Singapore Kane. That's not what upset the Sunshine Network. Now, let me also add the fact that Bill Alfonso is only in ECW now for a couple of months. Remember, uh, Shane Douglas brought him in because, you know, to enforce the rules. He was there on behalf of the Philadelphia State Athletic Commission, blah, 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 blah. Alfonso was really finding his way as a heel character. So you add the fact that the fans just absolutely can't stand Bill Alfonso. They're trying to make Mikey Whipwreck in this real sympathetic character. And then you have him about to get 10 lashes with the Singapore Kane. Now, what's the controversy about to hear? Woman, Nancy Benoit, God rest her soul. She is the manager of the Sandman. As Mikey Whipwreck is getting caned, she's into it. She loves it. She's tormenting Mikey. Take it like a man. Sunshine Network thought that part of it sounded like she was having an orgasm. Uh, no, she wasn't grabbing her crotch. She wasn't doing like, you know, gestures with her face that she was coming. Uh, yeah, you listen to it. You know, it's interesting. I don't think the episode should have been pulled. But it's very hard to get that footage unedited in its entirety. But here you go. You be the judge. Here is the closing moments of the match between Whipwreck and the Sandman and the caning that followed. receive uh, 10 lashes with the Singapore cane. Well said by ring announcer Ron Lemieux. Oh my God, has never run true. Woman wants to stay in the Thank <laughs> you. 
assume the position, little boy. you can take. Come on, Mikey. Oh, you're holding up the beer. Show mother. me how Shut much up. you can take. What? Leave him alone. Leave the kid alone. Really? Leave him alone, please. I'll take him. I'll take him. Leave now him ring alone. it out to Ron LeVue who wants I'll to make the sacrifice for Mikey Whitwreck. I think everyone in this building no, understands
Williams has already been suspended in the state of Pennsylvania as well as in the state of Florida. No, Commissioner, I want more. I His position as commissioner is in jeopardy right now, but somebody more. with authority had to put a stop to this. you to listen to me real good. The prior stipulations to this match, the loser would receive 10 lashes from a Singapore cane. I counted seven. Wrapping up 1995, WCW as Bash at the Beach in Huntington Beach, California. This technically was the debut of the Giant, who made an appearance. Um, this was also the infamous match between Vader and Hogan in the cage, where Vader didn't want a job. I mean, there's, there's some interview clips on YouTube about that, but let's just give match results. From main event, Chris Canyon loses to Sergeant Greg Pittman. Road Warrior Hawk over Mark Starr. Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck over Alex Wright and Mark Bagwell. Sting retains the United States title, defeating Meng. The Renegade retains the TV title over Paul Orndorff. Kamal over Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Diamond Dallas Page over Dave Sullivan. In a lifeguard match, remember this event took place on the beach. Randy Savage over Ric Flair. You had Harlem Heat retain the WCW tag titles, defeating the Blue Bloods and the Nasty Boys in a three-way. And the main event for the WCW Heavyweight title, Hulk Hogan retains in a steel cage match, defeating Vader. 1996, WWF In Your House 9 International Incident from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Dark match, Justin Bradshaw over Savio Vega. In a tag team match with Harvey Whippleman as the special guest referee to body Donners over the smoking guns. Mankind over Henry O. Godwin. Stone Cold Steve Austin over Mark Merrow. The Undertaker over Goldust. In the main event, Camp Cornette, which was Owen Hart, Vader, and the British Bulldog. God rest all their souls. Over the People's Posse. You remember the People's Posse? Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, and Ahmed Johnson. Same week, Wild Bill Irwin debuted in the WWF as the Goon. And the same week, we had Ron Simmons make his debut 
as you remember, Farouk Assad, managed by Sonny, came out with that funky fucking silver hat and the gladiator blue outfit. They even spelled Farouk with two A's, and uh, you know he got into it with Ahmed Johnson, you know, because it was a tag match. It was Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson versus the Smoking Guns. He would do a run-in. Honestly, I was going to share the clips, but there's so much stuff to get into this week. You know, obviously not everything can make the cut. But looking at Farouk's outfit says it all. By the end of the year, he would be part of the Nation of Domination. So, you know, his outfit would not last. And the character. 1997 ECW, Heat Wave 97 from Philly. Spike Dudley and Mikey Whipwreck over PG-13 and Jason in a three-on-two handicap match. Axel Rotten over Tracy Smothers. Pablo Marquez, a.k.a. El Puerto Riqueño, loses to John Cronus. Chris Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow over Chris Chetty and Balls Mahoney. Taz over Lance Storm to retain the ECW TV title. Terry Funk over Shane Douglas to retain the ECW heavyweight title. The Gangsters over the Dudleys in a steel cage weapons match to win the ECW tag titles. And the main event, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Jerry the King Lawler versus the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Ravishing Rick Rude. Went to a no contest, if you remember. Ravishing Rick Rude turned on the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer. And this would write off Jerry the King Lawler uh, in his appearances at the time for ECW. Yeah, the turn was pretty good. You know, we wanted to see Ravishing Rick Rude wrestle. Unfortunately, you know, we just got a tease. But still, I thought it worked. I thought it was good. Now we continue to ECW and another clip in a moment. Heat Wave 99 from Dayton, Ohio. Oh, my God. Loved this event. Loved a promo that was cut that night. You'll hear it in a minute. Dark match, Simon Diamond loses to Big Vito LaGrasso. You had Chris Chetty and Nova over Danny Doring and Roadkill. Jazz over Jason Knight. Super Crazy over Little Guido. For the tag title, Spike Dudley and Balls Mahoney over the Dudleys to win the belts. Francine over Steve Carino. Taz retains the ECW Heavyweight title over Tajiri. The main event, RVD and Jerry Lynn over the Impact players are just incredible. And Landstorm with Dawn Marie in their corner. And I will always remember this event for the promo that the Dudleys and Joel Gertner cut before the match. And uh, obviously this is to generate as much heat to them because they were going to be taking on Spike Dudley and Balls Mahoney later on. I'm not saying that Balls and Spike were not over, but it just got the crowd that much more behind Spike and Balls. Spike and Balls. Sounds like a drink, right? Spike and Balls. I'm going to have a shot of Spike and Balls. Uh, Here's the promo. From that night, ECW Heat Wave 99. The Boys are in the house! And just turned up the heat a little bit more than normal. So if I was you, I'd sit down and shut the fuck up! Oh boy. Is that really necessary? I'm trying to make a point, Joey Styles. Get off his ass.
this miserable piece of shit city makes me fucking You people are nothing but lower class white trash pieces of garbage. Some people hate to hear the truth. Who would pay the hard-earned money to be insulted? He's a six-time world champion. He knows what he's talking about. They cheated every time. are gonna find out why me and my brother Devon are the best goddamn tag team in the world! Joey Styles. I'm not That's laughing. That's not funny. I'm not laughing. And we got some ugly stankosaurus who's gonna take nine inches of black dick so far up our ass he won't know what in her. Well, that sounds like a party I'd like to go to. Are you in? No! No, I'm not! I like the Dudleys. Would you ask me on the party my wife travels with me? Oh, is that your wife? Not the one in the front row, no! That woman in the front row might make a move. You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me, my brother? Come on, you fat, bald motherfucker! How did he know his name? Wait a minute! Time out! Time out! You know what? It seems that you're a little confused. So since you won't come to us, we'll come to you. Uh-oh, here comes an insurance disaster. Big lawsuit.
I can't believe that. I'm shocked. That woman has no class spitting on Bubba Ray like that. Play, call it. This isn't wrestling. It's nothing to do with entertainment. It's just obnoxious. It's deplorable. It's offensive. Oh, here we go. This is my one of my favorite parts. Well, well, well. Why go to the movies when you can stay home and see me? The one the ladies call. Big Daddy, the one who already slept with the General's daughter, and the one who truly knows how to inspect her gadget. I am dripping with sarcasm as your girlfriend is dripping from orgasm. For I am the quintessential stud muffin and a goodness gracious great balls of fire goddamn handsome man Joel whether the ladies are home or here in Dayton they're watching me and masturbating Gertner by your applause, I was about to announce my colleague, my comrade, and my co-conspirator, the only man with the signs for the one and triple nines, Sign Guy Dudley! As the two of us cordially and collectively introduce to you the team that gets more ass than the toilet seat at the proctologist's office. They are the ruling, reigning, and record shattering. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not even five, but Sign Guy. What's the name of that song that we were singing in the limo earlier? That's right. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Brittany, six, time, ECW, tag, team, champions of the world, Bubba Ray and Devon, the Dudley Now we go to ECW Heatwave 2000. Now, I shared it last year. I'm not going to do it again. You know, look, yes, I worked for XBW. I also did work for ECW. I was pushing tickets the last eight months that they were in business at the time. So I worked for both. But looking back at the controversy, I honestly take XPW's side overall. Now, should they have been sitting front row? Eh, I don't know. They were just trying to get noticed on TV. 
You know, I'm sure if ECW wanted to do that at WCW, they would have done it if they could have appeared on a Nitro, if they were in Philly. I mean, who could ever forget WWF uh, having that pay-per-view and ECW at ringside and I think, what, Justin Hawk Bradshaw was in that match and others. And, you know, that was a storyline, obviously. This wasn't. But, you know, remember, XPW, some people thought was an ECW knockoff at the time. A lot of people think... You know, a lot of years, the XPW started operations when ECW ended. No, they were both existing at the time. XPW obviously was, you know, that much more extreme. It was raw. I think that's probably the best way to put it. It was very raw. It was very raunchy. And there was a lot more going down in XPW that probably shouldn't have taken place. It was just really over the top with the hardcore. But... Still, ECW had Heat Wave 2000 from L.A., and you had a couple of XPW wrestlers sit at ringside, Supreme, Christy Mist, and others. And during uh, one of the matches, uh, Christy Mist takes her top off. She's got a bikini on. She's got big tits. You have uh, other XPW wrestlers. They take their shirts off to reveal the XPW shirts. Well, here's why I take the side of XPW in this. You know, the match that went down, all right, you had Francine come out and she starts confronting Christy Miss. She gets really, really loud and nasty. And look, I've met Francine. She is a sweetheart, awesome person. But the thing is, is that ECW wrestlers got into it with the XPW wrestlers. Should they, should XPW wrestlers have been thrown out and that's the end of it? Yes. But apparently this led to a brawl in the parking lot. I don't think XPW got the best of the brawl, and I think the wrestlers took it way too personal. Um, but it was what it was. A lot of controversy. Rob Black uh, has two segments online. He has one from back then in 2000 where he talked about it that I shared last year that was excellent. He had a podcast. I don't know if he still does it, but he did another uh, breakdown of this about a year or so ago, and... It runs about an hour long, and I found that very interesting as well, in case you want to go check it out. But anyway, the match results from that night from Heat Wave 2000, Sally Graziano over Balls Mahoney, Kid Cash, Danny Doring, and Roadkill over C.W. Anderson, Simon Diamond, and Johnny Swinger, Jerry Lynn over Steve Carino, Chris Chetty and Nova over the Baldies, Tony DeVito and Angel, in a four-way dance, Tajiri over Mikey Whipwreck, Psychosis, and Little Guido, for the ECW TV title, Rhino retains over the Sandman. RVD over Scotty Anton. And the Stairway to Hell match for the ECW Heavyweight title, Just Incredible retains defeating Tommy Dreamer. 2001, last week we shared quite some time on it. I'll just give you the match results for this week. WWF had their Invasion pay-per-view. Again, without me getting into the whole thing, I know a lot of people look back on it and say, oh, it sucked. It was a big letdown. No, no. We knew going into Invasion who was going to be appearing. We knew because the internet was full-blown. I had my website up and running. I had my hotline already for four years. There were a lot of insiders, melts. Everybody was around. You know, we knew the AOL Time Warner deal. We knew a lot of the wrestlers were going to just... You know, stick out their contract and get paid for doing nothing. All right. Were we hoping that you might get 
a Goldberg, a Hogan, somebody make a surprise appearance? Sure. But it was advertised. We knew who was going to be fighting on this card. So, no, it was not a letdown towards me. Do I wish that more of the big-time WCW players were involved in this feud? Absolutely. But going into this, we knew who was performing. That's the reason why this pay-per-view got an 800,000 pay-per-view buy rate. 800,000. Just compare that to other pay-per-view buy rates. Fans knew what they were getting. Now, maybe the matches overall they didn't like. But as far as the participants, we knew who was going to be in it. I had no problem with it. Chavo Guerrero over Scotty Tuhati. Now, remember, this is WWF versus WCW, ECW, the Alliance. So Chavito represents the Alliance, Scotty Tuhati, WWF. Edge and Christian over Landstorm and Mike Awesome. You had Mick Foley, special guest referee, Earl Hepner over Nick Patrick. The APA over Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Kidman over X-Pac. Raven over William Regal. Chris Canyon, Sean Stasiak, and Hugh Morris over Big Show, Albert, and Billy Gunn. Tajiri over Taz. In a hardcore match for the hardcore title, RVD representing the Alliance defeats Jeff Hardy to win the belt. In a bra and panties match with Mick Foley as a special guest referee, lucky bastard, Trish Stratus in lead over Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. And what they called at the time the inaugural brawl. I don't know why people would label it that way because the whole storyline was to take over the company. So... I don't like that title that people use. But anyway, the alliance of Booker T, Diamond Dallas Page, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, and Rhino uh, over Team WWF, which was Kurt Angle, Kane, Chris Jericho, Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. Remember, Steve Austin would turn on WWF, feeling that he was not being treated uh, well and uh, felt he was underappreciated. And he would turn. This would lead into the feud between him and Kurt Angle. And uh, The Rock would ultimately get added to the mix. And I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. And you know what? For all the people out there that are into work rate as much as they are, look at the wrestlers who were not part of that, that were just sticking out their contract. All right? Maybe Goldberg because he was younger. But a lot of the wrestlers that were not appearing... You know, would that maybe that would have not had the match as, you know, lively or, you know, moving as fast as it was. I don't know. But I had no problem with it at the time. Now we go to 2002. Wow. A lot of memorable moments this week. Now, last week in history, it was announced that Eric Bischoff was making his WWE debut as the Raw General Manager. Well, it was this week that we learned that Stephanie would be the SmackDown general manager. This would cause a lot of uh, feuding between Stephanie and Bischoff, a little bit of sexual tension, I remember, in that feud as well. Um, But few things that went down this week as well, besides Stephanie being announced as SmackDown GM. We had the first on-air exchange, a promo exchange, between The Rock and Eric Bischoff. Nothing big coming out of it, but I thought you would get a kick out of it. Eric Bischoff, new GM for Raw. Now listen, I don't know if you got any of my messages Monday night, but I'm going to get right to the point. 
I want you at Raw, Monday night, live. Now, listen, think about this. Nothing personal, because I know you're a really talented guy. All right, but The Rock and Eric Bischoff together on the same show, on the same team, pulling in the same direction. I mean, think about it. Put this in your head. My creative direction and The Rock, I can take you places where you've never been before. I can take you places where no one's ever been before in this industry. What do you think? tell you something, Rock. The first thing we do when we sign our deal... Whoa, 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 <laughs> The Rock is not signing anything. We think The Rock is going to go to Raw just because of you? No, 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 no. The Rock is going to Raw Live this Monday night. But it's going to be because of what The Rock does at Vengeance this Sunday night. You see, The Rock is in a triple threat match. The Undertaker, Kurt Angle. The American badass, the American bald ass. <laughs> and when all the dust is settled, all the smoke has cleared, and all the grade A smacketh has been laid down, The Rock is walking out of vengeance, undisputed champion. And you know what that means? Yes. Yes, you like that? I love it. Well, you're going to love this. You know what that means? Well, The Rock can go on any show, any show, and The Rock means any show. The Rock can go on Raw. The Rock can go on SmackDown. The Rock can go on The Osbournes. The Rock can go on The Sopranos. The Rock can go on Frasier and kick him right in the nuts if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, oh, I see, Miles. This Rock, oh, shut your mouth, Jabroni. Wham. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me, man. You... You definitely are the star, man. If I would have had you at Nitro a couple of years ago, you and me, I mean, can you... The Rock on Nitro? The Rock would have loved to have been on Nitro. Can you imagine? The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment on Nitro. <laughs> but you know what happened? While you were on Nitro and you were given all your creative genius, all your creative input to WCW, The Rock was doing his part about putting your company out of business. Next, we had WWE Vengeance take place from Detroit, Michigan. You had Goldust over Stevie Richards, the Dudleys over Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero in a tag team elimination tables match. Jamie Noble retains a Cruiserweight title, defeating Kidman. For the European title, Jeff Hardy retains over William Regal. You had John Cena over Chris Jericho. RVD retains the IC title, def defeating Brock Lesnar by DQ, and keep Jeff Hardy and RVD's title wins or retaining uh, on your mind. I'll get into something in a moment. Booker T over the big show in an ODQ match. For the WWE tag titles, the Un-Americans win the belts, defeating Edge and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. 
And in a triple threat match for the WWE Undisputed Championship, The Rock defeats Kurt Angle and The Undertaker, who was the champ at the time, to become the Undisputed Champion. So now we have vengeance over with. RVD is still the IC champ. Jeff Hardy was still the European champ. Well, on Raw, WWE had a title versus title ladder match to unify the belts. And RVD would defeat Jeff Hardy. So the European title and the IC title were now unified. Obviously, the European title would be put uh, on the shelf. The IC title would remain to this day. That same night, Eric Bischoff announces that Shawn Michaels is going to be the manager for Triple H, who is now on Raw. Triple H... None too happy about it. Shawn Michaels livid about it. Shawn Michaels says he's not working for Bischoff and w- walks out. Later on in the night, there's a backstage segment where Triple H is telling Shawn Michaels, cool off, cool off. I have an idea. We'll make this work. So later on in the night, and you could you could tell people who do the history stuff that they don't actually watch what they're covering. You know, there was no uh, DX reunion that night. They came out to the DX music and they had the shirts on. But they were just coming out a kind of promo. It was never announced that they were going to reunite as DX. Shawn Michaels was going to be the manager of Triple H. So they came out. Lo and behold, Triple H hits the pedigree on Shawn Michaels, turns on his friend, turns on his manager, and this would lead to the feud between Shawn Michaels and Triple H. But we also had that week a memorable exchange, a promo exchange between Eddie Guerrero and The Rock. thought I'd share with you. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, Eddie Guerrero, not happy with his kids having a poster of The Rock in his room. So uh, almost insinuating maybe a little bit of child abuse. But uh, here you go. The promo from 2002 this week between The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. You know, man, I got a problem with USA. You see, hey, yeah, you, I'm talking to you, Rock. You see, I got those chavalitas at home, man. I got two little girls, I say, and they worship. The ground that their father walks on, they idolize me, man. I'm sure they're young. And you see, man, the other night when I walked in the room to say goodnight for them to show their father the respect that he deserves, I said, I saw something very disturbing. See, I looked in their wall, and not only did they have a picture of me, but right next to that picture was a poster of El Rey Alacranese, the rock. Uh Uh-oh. Alicia's got a rock poster? Ooh, I say, ooh. Mr. Big Shot, I say. The movie star, man. You know what, man? In my heart, I knew I had to teach my little chavalitas, my little girls, a lesson. I had to show them discipline. 
So I got your poster, man, and I got it and I ripped it up and I burned it and they ran after me going, Daddy, Papa, Papa, por qué? Por qué? Por qué? Why? Why did you rip that poster? Shut up! Oh, you're gonna be telling me. I am dead! You gotta discipline him. talk to your kids like that? You actually talk to your kids like that? Well, The Rock says this. You come out running your mouth. Hey, hey, you get it straight. The Rock ain't no movie star. So what? The Rock's done a couple movies. Big deal. The Rock ain't no movie star. Eddie Guerrero, you are a movie star. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all know that. The Rock will remind every single one of you. We've seen all your movies, so congratulations. A string of hits. But The Rock was always wondering. Clear something up for The Rock. Who were you? Were you, were you Cheech or Chong? You know what, man? That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Holmes. You don't respect no one, Ese. Ah, you know what, man? The reality, Ese. Man, you're jealous. You're jealous of me, man. Wait a minute. Here's Heat. You know what, man? See, you know... And all these gavachos know uh -oh. that I'm the better wrestler, Holmes. The gavachos know it. I'm more good looking. The people's champion? What a listen. Hey, man, let me tell you something, man. I got the hottest haircut going on in America today, man. Nobody, I said nobody, can wear the mullet like I do. I mean, they say, come on, man, this should be called the people's mullet. The mullet? People's mullet. <laughs> the hottest haircut in America. The hottest haircut in America should be called the people's mullet. Well, let The Rock say this. With a haircut like that and a face like that, it looks like Billy Ray Cyrus went ahead and had sex with a retarded hyena. Funny man, you know what I say? I'm tired of getting disrespected. Tonight I said, just like I taught my kids a lesson in respecting their father, I said, I'm gonna teach you a lesson and how to respect me. And it starts tonight, I say, Orale, man, in that ring, me and you, I say, mano a mano. And I'll tell you what, Holmes, if and when I kick your ass and beat you. Let's say, how about you give me a shot at your WWE Campeonato? Yeah, championship. I'll translate. Dallas made. Want a shot at The Rock tonight? You beat The Rock tonight, then you go on next week and get a shot at The Rock's WWE Undisputed Championship. 
I'll tell you what, The Rock doesn't speak Spanish all that well, but let The Rock tell you in a way that maybe you'll understand. It goes like this. <clears throat> Eddie Guerrero. Uh-oh. You want to shout at the great one, but there's only one problem, is you never told him whether you will cheat or whether you will chong. Ay, arriba, ay, arriba. He's continually getting disrespected. Oh, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. No, The Rock ain't done. The Rock got some more. It goes like this. Guerrero and The Rock in this ring will meet, and when it's all over, The Rock whooping ass on Latino heat. Ay, arriba, ay, arriba. Eddie Guerrero, all joking aside, The Rock knows you're one big bad cat. The Rock knows you can go and you can bring it. So The Rock says this. The Rock will tell you what he plans on doing tonight. The Rock plans on Leos Los Smack It Down Us on your candy culo. And if you don't understand what The Rock just said, if he doesn't understand what The Rock just said, The Rock just said this. Tonight, live on Raw, he's gonna whoop your candy ass. If there's something what The Rock is cooking. Now, unfortunately, the match between The Rock and Eddie Guerrero was not all that great. It wasn't bad, but so we're not going to share it, but the promo is what everybody remembers. But I'll share a great match that happened this week in 2002. It happened in NWA TNA. NWA TNA is not around, only for about two months. Really, not at all. And at the time, Ken Shamrock is the NWA heavyweight champ. We were supposed to get a match between Jeff Jarrett and Malice, Jerry Tootie, man, fucking awesome. You know, if you're a regular listener, I've sung the praise for Jerry Tootie for many, many years. Had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times. Very, very quiet. Shame that he was taken way too soon. Even to this day, you know, a lot of people speculate what the cause of death was, but it happened in Japan and the official cause was a heart attack. Uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. But still... I think this match showed how great Malice actually was. Was he completely polished? No. Did I like the snuff character in XPW that I would see live in person within a couple of months? No. But this night, he was supposed to take on Jeff Jarrett. And I guess this would be a contract hanging from the rafters. You know, almost like a Money in a Bank briefcase up in the air. And there was a pull apart early in the night with Jeff Jarrett, so he was not going to be involved in his match. So Sinister Minister comes out with the disciples in a new church and Malice. And, you know, we're wondering who is going to take on Malice this night. Makes an open challenge. Well, somebody would answer it and would be making their NWA TNA debut. And still to this day, one of my favorite matches in TNA history. 
regret that I make the following announcement. Due to unfortunate and unforeseen circumstances, it appears that Mr. Jeff Jarrett will not be able to bleed here tonight. However, my weapon of mass destruction, malice, is still very much in the mood to wash his hands in the crimson life essence of another victim. What? Therefore, what? malice is formally extending the thorn branch to anybody, anybody in this arena that would like to take a ride in the fast lane to hell and back. Whoa, whoa, whoa that's a double-edged sword. Now, Everybody wants a title have shot. Any but, takers? But what the hell now? What is this? The lights? Lights completely out here. We, we can't building. see anything. Yeah, it's totally I mean, blacked I mean, out. It, 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 it'd be great to, to get a title shot, obviously, but you have to face malice to go through it. Who would be crazy I enough to do the something like that? The only two guys I know of just...
Tempest holding on to Sabu. Sabu's dangerous, and the reason he is so dangerous is because he has no regard for his own health, his own well-being. And here comes a perfect example of it. Sabu shows is amazing. The ability that this man has and the fact that now he is... Tempest just got it. Reversed it did Sabu, sending Tempest into the seal safety rail. Taking on all the disciples here and that time springing off the steel ring steps and taking Malice down with a great leg attack. Sandwiching Malice between his his leg and that steel barricade. That's not going to do Malice any favor. You know, these are two guys that I don't they know what the word hurt means, unless they're doing it to somebody else. Well, especially Sabu. We talked about him sacrificing his body. We've seen that for years and years. He's been in the business. Sabu underneath the ring gets one of his favorite weapons of destruction out, getting the table, putting it in places. We see Malice come up from behind and catch him with a right hand. See, this is where it's dangerous because Sabu, he shouldn't be messing around with the table out there. He should be going for that ladder. He should be going for that contract. But that's why I got my money on Malice. Malice is out there thinking. I never thought I'd call him a rocket scientist, but compared to Sabu, he's got to be. Look at this. The ladder is extended across the ring apron. The ring apron and the the steel guardrail, and he just dropped him on it. There There is no gift to that. None whatsoever. I got to give Sabu credit, though, for having the courage to come out here. They issued the challenge, and he was the only one that took it. He stepped right up. He came out. He accepted the challenge from Father Mitchell, and now he's paying the price. The big man now has him up on the shoulder. Who's going to take it? Lost him that time. Sabu busted it open. Look at his nose. It looks like his nose has been broken. Oh, man. What is pouring? Like I said. said there's no gift oh man Sabu is a mess right now but you know we've seen this before from him he just doesn't care and he doesn't quit there's no quit there's no give up in sabu the ladder extended in the corner now by malice gonna take him across diagonal and back first into the steel ladder you say there's no give in Sabu. There's no give in Malice either. No give up. He looks worse. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, going to take him up. Where's he going to go? He's got the ladder in place. Oh. Oh. There is no way anyone, I don't care yeah. if you're Sabu, can get up from that. Oh, Malice, just put the ladder up there and get the contract. There it is. This the contract can't take much more. Not only hangs above the ring, it hangs in the balance. Ken Shamrock's signature is on that contract. Who's going to be the first to climb the ladder and take the contract down and get the title? Oh, my God! Steel chair with authority to the back. We are not 15 minutes into this broadcast, and we have already seen more brutality than, than I would imagine we would ever see in an entire show, in an entire month. still has not moved from that. He's just barely getting up to his hands and knees. And that, my friends, is an example of how Sabu got some of those scars on his back. Oh, on his back, on his front, on his face. And 
up. Sabu cuts him off. Drop kick oh. the ladder. I tell you what, the mouse is just too big and too strong and too bad. What is Malice made out of? Twisted steel, chrome. What is he made out of? I'll tell you what Sabu is made out of. He's got to be made out of silly buddy. Take to keep him together. Sabu able to avoid the on-rushing and the charging malice. Steel chair to the head. Sets up the chair. Sabu springing out of the corner. Put him in the corner. Sandwiched him that time with the ladder. Malice down just to his knees, not all the way down to the mat. You know, i got to point something out. In the history of TNA, we have not seen Malice in this position yet. No one has delivered Oh. 
Disciples with the three-on-one attack on Sabu. Putting the boots to him are Slash and Tempest. Malice has got the ladder. And Will there, so be much any, ladder. will there be anything left of Sabu next week no. to face Ken Shamrock for the NWA World Championship? Can you believe it? Ken Shamrock. Oh, my God. Like I said, you know, it's not the full match. I had to edit out about half of it, you know, just so we can uh, coincide. We don't have any issues with Anthem, but definitely subscribe to Anthem's network. You get access to all the old NWA TNA previews. So many fucking gems that never, ever get talked about. And this is why I totally disagree at what Ring of Honor and Anthem does online about their footage. You know, you don't allow any of it to be online. Nobody knows that it took took place. You know, and you can't just look at a match result and say, oh, I want to see that. You see some bits and pieces and, you know, it looks good. You know, that will entice someone to fucking subscribe to their network and actually start watching these full-blown events. But I thought it was great. thought it was awesome. 2003. At the time, we have Evolution. It was funny because they just debuted their new shirt, which was uh, paid, laid, and made. Randy Orton, still a big-time up-and-comer, wrestling Val Venus in the ring. Ric Flair in the corner of Randy Orton. Triple H is on commentary, who was at the time the heavyweight champion. So basically, Triple H doing guest commentating, talks about how he's faced everybody and blah, 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 blah. Sounded like the same promo of what The Rock did none too long ago. And just like The Rock, I think we ended up having the same result. Because somebody would step up and challenge Triple H for the heavyweight title. Can I ask you a quick question about you, Triple H? What's next in uh, your future? About Well, as far as the title goes, who's, who's uh, on the horizon out there? Maybe Kevin Nash? The way I've seen, I've pretty much beaten everybody here. I mean, I've, did, I've showed everybody I'm as great as he was. I don't know. You know, I'm going to think about it. I'll hand-select my opponent. You're going to hand-select your, your next Uh-oh. opponent for the World Heavyweight Championship. At my level, I should be able to hand-select my opponent. Don't you think, Coach? Well, I, oh, you have done it all. Hey, hey, Jeez. You got a little nervous I knew, there. No, I knew he had it. I knew he had it. Uh, let me, let me ask you about, what do you, what do you think Triple H about, about Austin? You think he'll make a decision to stay with us? or? I think Stone Cold Austin, Steve Austin, should do the right thing. Again, Val Venus just slams Randy Orton hard into the mat. Val Venus is going up top. This uh, doesn't look too good for the future. The evolution. Randy, get up. Randy Orton stunned at this point. Rick Flair. Come on, Randy. Oh, it's about to signing up Randy. Oh, yes. Randy Orton at the last moment rolls out of the way of the money shot. 
Thanks now, in part. Now Venus got shot. RKO right there. That's he evolution, baby. That, my friends, is evolution. And that's why we're the best at there is. Here's your winner, Randy Orton. Well, there you have it. A big win for Randy Orton. The World Heavyweight Champion, Triple Agent. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And, and King, you, you got to almost agree with, with Triple H when he says they're, you know, together. There's almost, you know, nothing. Randy, throw this shirt on before these chicks run in this ring and maul you. Uh oh. I want y'all to look at this because this is where it is at, right there. Evolution is the best that it is, and the bag says it all. Paid, laid, and made. That is what we are. That is who we are. We are the best this business has to offer. 16 times the greatest world champion of all time. The greatest wrestler alive today. The world heavyweight champion and a future world champion. That is evolution. And I don't care who you are. There isn't a damn person that can stop us. Wow. Very confident. Very confident. Now the way I see it. Wait a minute. You gotta be kidding me, what? We haven't heard or seen this man in three weeks. But he is here tonight in Goldberg. And then the, I don't think it's any coincidence that he shows up right after Triple H starts the word. There is anybody that can stop us. Our fine world heavyweight champion. You stand out here, you say you're the best. You make it sound like you're invincible. Maybe in your own eyes. Because to me, you're nothing but another victim. Uh-oh. And if you haven't figured it out, you're next. You can cut this tension with a uh -oh. knife. Watch, watch, watch it. Goldberg ain't running, but he's looking all around this ring as evolution is circling like buzzards. And I think Goldberg is actually inviting all three of them to jump on him at once. Wait a minute now. Triple H now calling over Randy Orton, shaking his head, saying,
can't tell. But if you can read lips, Triple H just said, on my terms. Triple H now leaving the ring, and Goldberg just called, called out Triple H saying that he was next. And Triple H saying it's on his terms. Yeah, what is wrong with this picture? There's the uh, so-called greatest wrestler alive today, our world heavyweight champion, along with the uh, the rest of Evolution walking away from Goldberg. Backing down from Goldberg, and now Triple H laughing. Two of the biggest forces on Raw today. He's laughing. If you ask me, that's like whistling when you're walking through the graveyard. Just a little tidbit you may not know. I guess you could kind of say maybe it symbolizes what was to come for Goldberg's first run in the WWE. When you heard the commentators at the end talk about Triple H laughing at Goldberg a little bit, you know why he was laughing? Goldberg, who was in the ring, was climbing the rope to the middle turnbuckle. You know, to stick his arms up, you know, to get the praise from the fans. Well, he tripped. And, you know, it caught the Titantron a little bit. There used to be some raw footage online. And, you know, look, people trip all the time. It's not a big deal. But when you saw that go down and Triple H laughing hysterical, and then what would happen with Goldberg's first run in, in WWE, which I didn't think it was all that bad. But, you know, it just it was not good. But there you go. Same week. You know, we had some memorable moments go down. Uh, great visuals. Audio's not too spectacular. First on Raw, that night, uh, Kane actually gave Linda McMahon a tombstone pile driver on the Raw stage. On SmackDown, there was a food fight between Stephanie McMahon and Sable, uh, which included a really hard slap by Sable into the face of Josh Matthews. This would set up the match between Sable and Stephanie at Vengeance. And then, as you heard at the beginning of this show, John Cena cutting a promo on The Undertaker, uh, which also included him peeing on a tombstone. Wrapping up 2003, Ring of Honor has Death Before Dishonor from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Low-key over Deranged. Matt Strike over Jimmy Rave. Don Juan, Fast Eddie, Hot Stuff Hernandez, and Rudy Boy Gonzalez over the Carnage Crew of DeVito, Just Incredible, Loke, uh, and Masada in a tag team weapons match. The purest of John Walters and Tony Mameluke over the outcast killers of Diablo Santiago and Oman Tortuga. Tortuga. Tom Carter over Doug Williams. B.J. Whipner over Dan Moff, Colt Cabana, and Homicide in a four-corner survival match for the number one contenders trophy. You had Special K of Mikey Whipwreck, Hydro, Dixie, and Angel Dust over the Backseat Boys, Johnny Cashman, and Trent Acid, and the SATs, in a tag team scramble match. Jeff Hardy over Joey Matthews and Crazy K in a three-way. Famous feud, Ring of Honor, without a doubt. This was a decent match. CM Punk over Raven in a dog collar match. You had AJ Styles and the Amazing Red over the Briscoes to retain the tag titles. And the main event, Samoa Joe over Paul London to retain the Ring of Honor heavyweight title. Not a bad card. Stacked. 2005 TNA Surrender from Orlando. Shaka over Jarrell Clark. America's Most Wanted over Alex Shelley and Matt Bentley. In a four-way match to qualify for the 2005 TNA Super X Cup tournament, Sanjay Dutt over Mikey Batts, Sharkboy and Neelix Skipper. Apollo and Sonny Siaki over David Young and Simon Diamond. Samoa Joe over Chris Sabin. 
Team Canada of Eric Young, Bobby Roode, and A1 over the Naturals and Lance Hoyt. In a street fight, Monty Brown and Kip James over a three live crew of Conan and Ron Killings. With Jerry Lynn as a special guest referee, AJ Styles over Sean Waltman. For the X Division title, Christopher Daniels retains over Petey Williams. In a dog collar match for the NWA heavyweight title, Raven retains, defeating Abyss. 2006, victory road from Orlando. Johnny Devine over Sharkboy. The Naturals over Diamonds in the Rough, Ilk Skipper and David Young. Monty Brown and Rhino went to a no contest. The LAX over Sunjay Dutt and Ron Killings. For the X Division title, Senshi retains over Kazarian. In a hair versus hair match, which should have went longer, only went three minutes, Raven over Larry Zabisco, so Raven shaves Larry Zabisco's head. Chris Saban and Jay Lethal over the paparazzi of Kevin Nash and Alex Shelley. The James Gang and Abyss over Team 3D. Mixed tag match for the NWA World Tag Team titles, Serelda, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Styles and Daniels retain the belts, defeating Gail Kim and America's Most Wanted. And the road to victory match to determine number one contender for the NWA heavyweight title. Sting defeats Samoa Joe, Scott Steiner, and Christian. 2007, WWE Great American Bash pay-per-view from San Jose, California. A couple of important details that come out of this. First, Chuck Palumbo over Chris Masters. For the United States title, MVP retains over Matt Hardy. For the Cruiserweight title, yep, Hornswoggle wins the belt, defeating Chavo, who was the champ at the time, Jimmy Wang Yang, Shannon Moore, Funaki, and Jamie Noble. I believe Hornswoggle pinned Jamie Noble. That Cruiserweight title would be retired a couple of months later. In the Singapore Kane on a pole match, Carlito over the Sandman. For the WWE Women's title, Candice Michelle retains over Molina. Umaga retains the IC title, defeating Jeff Hardy. Morrison retains the ECW heavyweight title, defeating CM Punk. Randy Orton over Dusty Rhodes in a bull rope match. The Great Khali retains the world heavyweight title, defeating Batista and Kane in a triple threat match. And the main event, John Cena retains the WWE title, defeating Lashley. Now, a couple of things to point out. First off... Lashley uh, would take time off because of a shoulder injury. I think he had to get surgery, and he ended up leaving the company. So this was, I believe, Lashley's last match um, before he was gone on his first run in the WWE. Also taking time off was Edge. Now, when I gave you the Great American Bash results, I said Great Khali retained the World Heavyweight title, defeating Batista and Kane in a three-way Edge was the champ going into that week, but Edge had suffered a torn pec muscle and had to surrender the title. And as a result, WWE would have a 20-man over-the-top battle royal the week before to determine who's going to be the new champ replacing Edge. I mean, no disrespect to those who participated, but you go from Edge to the great Kali. All right, in 2007, maybe you thought, all right, whatever. But... They, the men that were in the over-the-top battle royal to determine a new champion, this is what they used. Deuce, Domino, Chavito, MVP, Batista, Kenny Dykstra, Eugene, Finley, Kane, Funaki, Matt Hardy, Mark Henry, the Major Brothers, Chris Masters, Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, Dave Taylor, and Jimmy Wang Yang. You know, with the exception of maybe three guys, you know, any of them have any chance of being heavyweight champ? I don't think so. So, after that week, you had Lashley out, 
Edge out and great Khalid, heavyweight champ. 2008, Great American Bash from Long Island. This was the debut of the Divas Championship. They debuted it at the Great American Bash, and it was Michelle McCool who defeated Redheaded Natty to become the first ever Divas Champ. And uh, if you forget Natty's look at that time, go watch. Go watch the match. Didn't last all that long, only about four minutes long. Um, she was still brand new in the WWE, but uh, you could see that she definitely had something, without a doubt. Thick, you know, I thought she was cute. I still think she's cute, but, you know, at the time, you know, the redhead, it was interesting. Umaga over Mr. Kennedy. For the WWE tag titles, you had Hawkins and Ryder win the belts, defeating uh, Finley and Hornswoggle, Jesse and Festus, and Marzin and Miz, who were the champs at the time. Shelton Benjamin over Matt Hardy to win the United States title. Buck Henry retains the ECW title, defeating Tommy Dreamer. Chris Jericho over Shawn Michaels. For the World Heavyweight Championship, CM Punk re- uh, versus Batista went to a double disqualification, so Punk retains the title. In a New York City parking lot brawl, JBL defeats Cena, and Triple H retains the WWE Championship over Edge. There were a couple of matches that I want I wanted to share at least one on it. I thought, you know, let me maybe put the parking lot brawl. I look back, it was not good. I wanted to possibly play the first ever Divas Championship match between McCool and Natty. It was not that good. There was quite a few matches on this card that I did not think were all that great. No disrespect, but... Same week, uh, D'Lo Brown makes his return to the WWE. Uh, got a nice pop. I still remember that match. Defeated Santino Morella. Unfortunately, um, that was probably the highlight of his return. Would very, very quickly uh, be out of there. And uh, never never gained traction. On SmackDown this week in 08, we had the wedding angle uh, with Edge and Vicky Guerrero. They were supposed to get married. Triple H uh, interferes in another wedding. I think he's interfered in, what, at least three over the years. And he shows the footage of uh, Edge with Alicia Fox, who basically, I guess, was coordinating the wedding for Vicky Guerrero. And uh, next thing you know, Edge is making out with Alicia Fox. So that's how they introduced us, really, to Alicia Fox and WWE. And uh, the marriage between Edge and Vicky Guerrero, you know, would get tampered because of Triple H and Alicia Fox uh, footage. Edge, you know, being unfaithful. But the big news coming out of this week, WWE had issued a announcement, an announcement on their website. Announcing that going forward, all programming would have TV PG rating. Yes, this is the anniversary of WWE going PG, full-blown PG. Again, I've said it many times. Growing up as a fan, a lot of the content was PG, and we loved it. You know, what you do with it is the challenge. Uh, I think the Great American Bash that week was a TV 14, but after that, that was it. Everything was going to be PG, and this was because of sponsors, because of the changing of the times. It was getting much more PC on the internet and just in life in general, and WWE would go PG, still to this day. 2009, Victory Road from Orlando, Florida, Angelina Love over Tara to win the knockouts title, Matt Morgan over Christopher Daniels, in an ODQ match, Abyss over Dr. Stevie. 
For the IWGP tag titles, Team 3D uh, retains over the British Invasion. Jenna Morasca over Charmel in easily the worst match in TNA history. It is horrendous. If you've never seen it, go on YouTube and watch it. Just look at Jenna Morasca's slaps and uh, whoever thought that it was a good idea to bring her into the company, um, honestly, just should have had their head examined. Drizzling shits, god-awful garbage. I don't know her personally. I don't care. But this was an embarrassment. A fucking embarrassment. Almost to the level of Pac-Man Jones. I thought the whole Pac-Man Jones stuff was ridiculous too. But she had no business being in that ring. For the TNA Legends Championship, Kevin Nash defeats AJ Styles to win it. For the tag titles, the main event, Mafia, wins the belts over beer money. Samoa Joe over Sting. And for the TNA Heavyweight title, Kurt Angle retains, defeating McFoley. Little controversy that week. You know, Kurt Angle on the heels of uh, retaining the TNA Heavyweight title. Still married to Karen Angle, I should add. Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge, who had his radio show at the time, had someone call in to break some gossip, a scoop. Uh, their voice was uh, altered. Yes, you could do a program and try to unalter the voice. Honestly, I don't even think it's worth doing. I, for all we know, maybe it was revealed who was the person who broke this to Bubba the Love Sponge. But in case you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, here is uh, what went down this week on a Bubba the Love Sponge show. James out of Orlando. You're on protection, James. Hi. Hey, yeah, you got me on protection, yeah? No, I got you on protection, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to call you up and let you know, man. Yeah, you know, Karen, Karen Angle. I know, I know you and Kurt are good friends. Karen well, Angle's not the person you think she is. Hold on, Karen Angle's a good friend of mine as well. I'm, I'm friends with Kurt Angle. I'm friends with Karen Angle. I'm friends with. Uh... Yeah, I had phone sex with Karen Angle. That chick's all right. Yeah, what's wrong with her? Well, I don't think she's the type of person you think that she is, man. There's a, you know, I work, but I don't want to get into it too much. But uh, she's actually living with Jeff Jarrett now. What you- Her and the kids are living with Jeff Jarrett, and Dixie is. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jeff Jarrett as in Jeff Jarrett. Well, first of all, her and Kurt, I think, are divorced. Uh, and But you're talking about Jeff Jarrett as in... Uh, like the wrestler, the, like the, part the, owner? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Dixie is upset, man. I mean, she's... You mean yeah. Dixie Carter? Yeah. Dixie yeah. Carter. Well, we got to explain. First of all, so I don't necessarily believe that, first of all. I'd probably have to oh. hear it from either Kurt, Karen, or Dixie herself if Dixie's in the mix. But secondly, uh, Dixie Carter is the president and I think almost all owner of TNA Wrestling. And uh, so, sir, what do you do? You work close to the situation? or I mean, I, uh, Yeah, I work on the lot for TNA. I don't want to say much more, anything more than that. Well, now, what kind of... You know, so how, Jesus, I'm, as you can tell, I'm kind of locked mm-hmm. up on the deal. First of all, sir, I don't know this to be true. Oh, it's true. And then secondly, uh, how can, how in the hell could Kurt work with Jeff Jarrett if that's the, if that's indeed the truth? Yeah, that, 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 that's what makes the story sound off. Well, I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't know how much longer, how much longer Jeff Jarrett's going to be with TNA. And Dixie's upset. She's talking about buying him out or maybe firing him. Wow. Oof. Now, 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 it's just a, is this a thing that's been, just recent, or is it? Uh, has it been long going, or you know, how can I verify this, sir? No, I can't say that this was happening when when she was with Kurt, or that this led to the divorce or anything. This is something I just personally found out about. 
as much as too much of the backstory as to how long it's been going on. I don't know. It's been going on for a, for a little while. It's my understanding, but I do know that she is living with Jeff Jarrett now and the kids and the kids. Absolutely. Oh my God. I hope. So I just said that sir, gives you something to think about when right. you think about Karen Angle. Uh, sir, thank you for your call. Uh, right. But I, I gotta hope and pray that this is not true. I, I have got to. I, I've got to try to say that this is not true. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, that's. Uh, she is hot though, Spice. I will tell you that. She's smoking, but it's kind of a that's kind of a dick move on Jared. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if it's true. Yeah. It, well, I mean, and then if if Kurt's mad, well, maybe you know, maybe Kurt's not mad about it though. You know, maybe he's like, I could care less. Yeah, but I mean, maybe the guy's it, making a bigger deal about it than. Yeah, but even if even if Kurt like doesn't care about it, there's still got to be a little piece of you because I mean that's still pretty fresh. They didn't break up that long ago. No, not at all. Not hold on. Are you gonna call him? Yeah. I might as well call him. TNA's got a big, uh, big pay per view this week. You know that. Oh yeah, TNA does got a big pay per view. Yeah, on fact, Sunday. We got Matt, uh, a guy named Matt Morgan coming into the studio uh, from TNA. He wrestles for TNA and Dixie. Uh, Matt Morgan. I'm, I'm, why not call Kurt Angle? Right. You want to put him, put him on the spot? Well, yeah, I'm going to put him on the spot big time. But you know. That'd be a fun phone call to get. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, him and I, I mean, him and I. Hey, Kurt, you're live on the air. Guess what I just heard? What's, what? uh, what's that? Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Four, one, two, two, nine. Uh, yes, what'd you hear, Bubba? Bob, I heard your wife, your ex-wife. And... Tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. To leave a callback number, press five. Hey, Kurt, it's uh, Bubba the Love Sponge live on the air and... I got. Uh, I just got a call uh, from somebody that claims to work at the TNA lot uh, over in Orlando that just made one huge uh, allegation. So uh, I don't even know if I should say it on your voice. Should I say it? No, not on his voice. Not on his voicemail. Uh, Kirk, you got my number. You got my cell. My new eight one three cell. Please call me ASAP. Uh, I just got to at least tell you what this guy. Uh, out of respect, I'm not going to tell you on your voicemail. I don't want you to be alarmed if you hear it, but it is very, very uh, disturbing. Well, not, see, you can't throw that out there. And then what if he didn't get a hold of me? I mean, he's got your number. How well, is he not going to get a hold of you? Well, because I don't answer my phone. What if I'm working out or something? Or I'm going to get my, my prostate checked or something. And then you'll call him back. Kurt, uh, somebody called my show and said that Karen <laughs> is sleep is, well, probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> Kurt. Should I say it? No. Should I say it? I get in an argument with myself. <laughs> oh, no. Kurt, it's Bubba. You know, you and I are, are friends enough. That you, you know what, Kurt? I'm just going to say it, okay, buddy? And what are you going to do? Beat me up? Yes. Uh, call me uh, immediately on my cell phone and my 813 number, the new one, uh, because somebody called the show and said that Karen is living with uh, Jeff Jared, the guy you work with, and your two kids are living there where, as well. There I said it. Again, I don't think it's true, Kurt, and I'm not trying to be a rumor monger. It's true, I, it's true. Well, Spice. Just kidding, Kurt. I don't know if it's true. Kurt, call me back, buddy, okay? And again, I, I hope it's not true. It probably is not, okay? I, it's probably not true. Call me back, buddy, okay? And I'll, uh, Spice, make sure we save the tape so that I can send the, the uh, I can email it to Kurt if he's got, if a, if a primitive barbarian like him has email. You think he does? <laughs> No. <laughs> and, Kurt, how much of a fool do you feel like now with, Bar with Brock Lesnar, the champion of the world, making like $5 million a fight, and you used to kick his ass shoot style uh, in the ring? And how stupid do you feel? It's a long message. Call me back, Kurt. I love you. <laughs>
2010, Ron Simmons inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. It's a pretty cool ceremony. Footage is online if you want to check it out. Same week, WWE had the Money in the Bank pay-per-view from Kansas City. Said Tina Morello over William Regal. Kane wins the Money in the Bank uh, contract in a ladder match, uh, defeating Big Show Christian, Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Kofi, and Matt Hardy. Um, this was a contract for the World Heavyweight title, and just keep that thought. I'll get into that again in a little bit. Alicia Fox uh, defeats Eve Torres, the Hart Dynasty, over the Usos and for the unified WWE Tag Titles. For the World Heavyweight Championship, Rey Mysterio defeats Jack Swagger to retain the title. However, Kane cashes in the briefcase and goes on to defeat Rey Mysterio. So Kane is your new World Heavyweight Champion. Layla retains the Women's Championship over Kelly Kelly. The Miz wins the WWE Championship contract in the Money in the Bank ladder match, defeating Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase, Mark Henry, Morrison, Edge, Evan Bourne, and Chris Jericho. In the main event, steel cage match for the WWE title, Sheamus retains, defeating John Cena. 2011, CM Punk fans will remember this vividly. We have Money in the Bank from Rosemont, Illinois. I should also add, very, very close to Chicago. Give you an idea of how rabid the fans were that night. Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov over the nexus of David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy. In a SmackDown Money in a Bank ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship contract, Daniel Bryan gets the briefcase, defeating Heat Slater, Cody Rhodes, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sheamus, Sincata, and Wade Barrett. For the Divas title, Kelly Kelly retains, defeating Brie Bella. Mark Henry over the Big Show. For the Raw Money in a Bank contract, WWE Championship contract, Alberto Del Rio wins the briefcase, defeating Evan Bourne, Alex Riley, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, and R-Truth. You had for the World Heavyweight Championship, Christian defeats Randy Orton, who was the champ. Christian wins by disqualification. However, there was a stipulation. Because Randy Orton was disqualified, he lost the title. Christian is your new champion. Someone else won a belt that night. And if you recall, CM Punk's contract with the WWE was coming to a close. CM Punk challenging John Cena for the WWE Championship. Here's the closing moments of that match. And this could be the beginning of the end. John Cena looking for the attitude adjustment. John Cena looking to put away Punk's title aspirations. Punk landed on his feet. Oh, big kick. And Punk off the street for Lance. Hooks the leg. He may have him. Cena powers at it too again. Punk trying to use the element of surprise that time. Punk is pulling out all the stops. Like I say, here in his hometown tonight. Do not want to leave without that championship. Well, he's run his mouth enough. Well, they on the face if he doesn't. But he's not been re-signed, so it looks like he's leaving one way or the other. They'll be making pizzas down the road. <laughs> oh, no! Wait a minute! Oh, going for the go to sleep! Cena counter! Gut-wrench! Cover! Come on, John! Get him here! Got the leg Tell hook. to kick out! John Cena had the leg hook right there. Did everything right. See if Buck still kicks out. Can I tell you something, guys? What's that? I just, I got a feeling 
But John Cena's knee is giving him fits right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Every time Cena goes to the mat, he grabs the knee. He is trying to and look at that. There you go. I'm telling you. He's hurt. John Cena trying not to show it. Well, you can't afford to show it. You can't let CM Punk. Now going for the attitude adjustment again. And again, Punk able to counter. Whoa! Oh, Cena could be out. Cena could be oh, out. Knee to the jaw for a second right time. The and the, the Bulldog. That's it. That's it. And CM Punk covers John Cena. Cena may be out. I don't think Cena has a clue where he's at. Two knees to the jaw, well, followed by the Bulldog. Punk is wasting precious time. CM Punk, the flying, oh, he can't do it. Punk in the cover. The shoulders are down, and Cena at two and a half. Is Cena looping? Is he looping? Watch this. Look at this, right on the chin. Wow. I think Cena at this point, right there, is knocked out. Cena's got, there's something magical about check Cena. Check this out, Watch check this. this out. His jaw oh, is jacked. Man. Cena's still out of whack. I think he's knocked out at that point. I think when he hits the mat, he comes back around. He's still out of sorts. Oh, I'm, what, are you, what are you kidding me? Oh, oh man. And now CM Punk in the martial arts background. As he goes to work, Blue Tide kicks to Cena. John Cena. And now Punk with a kick to the back of the head. And it's Punk. We're going to win the title. Punk looks to win the title. Off the kick. Shoulders down again. Two counts. And another near fall for Punk. Wow. Punk again. Yet another time in this match goes to the top rope. Will this be the death knell for the champion? Cross body, Cena catches it, and oh, oh, get the power, wow. look at the power of the champion, AA time, Punk counters, oh my lord, oh, go to snow, counter by Cena, oh, counter by Cena, come on John, come on John, and now it's locked in and this is it, tap out Punk, tap out, tap out, Cena has got it locked in, the Trying again to make it to the ropes. Cena back to the center of the 
Absolutely extraordinary. I can't call it. There is not a person sitting down in the All-State Arena. Everyone is on their feet. John Cena, perhaps near exhaustion, goes to the top rope for perhaps a desperation maneuver. I don't think this is a good idea, John. CM Punk counter! CM Punk counter! Will Punk do it here? Kick out John and he does! Whoa! Punk able to, at the last second, almost turn that thing into a, a power bomb on John Cena. This is one of those matches that people will remember Forever. for the rest of their lives. Forever. CM Punk signaling for the go to sleep. He put a lot of superstars out with this. Oh, Punk's hurt as well, though. Well, Punk tried to go for the GTS earlier and Cena countered. And now CM Punk going to go for the GTS again. John Cena, though, too close to the ropes. Oh, wow. That was a smooth move right there. That's why Cena's a 10-time champion. That's right. Cena going back to the top again? Again. Pulling out all the stops. Cena's going for that big leg drop. Across the back of the neck. And that is it. Good night, Punk. Look at Here's one. And two. And again, Punk kicks out. I'm exhausted. A look of all complete All Cena can do is it's almost a, a chuckle. It's almost a laugh. Like, what? What the hell? What can I do? Well, it's what this night means to both competitors. Cena with the entire future of the company. The WWE title on his shoulders. CM Punk, who talked the big game, doesn't have a job after tonight. But look at look at Cena. You gotta love it. I mean, the guy is he's staying focused. So important. He's not losing it. He's regrouping. Well, Cena's been in battles with the greatest of all time over the years. He knows what it takes to put these competitors away. John Cena just must, he has to stay with his game plan. Stand behind Punk. 
Cena again going for the attitude adjustment. Can he put Punk away this time? John Cena going for the AA. He delivers with authority. Here we go. John Cena saving the night. trying to keep his composure. We are over 30 minutes into this matchup. A match that'll change the landscape of this company forever. I think John needs to go to the back and get the kitchen sink. <laughs> He's hit pumped with everything but that. You gotta ask yourself, what keeps making CM Punk kick out? Jerry, will exhaustion play a factor here? I don't know, I'm, 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 I don't see that in Cena. I don't think Punk's exhausted either. Punk's, Punk's on spaghetti legs right now. He's taking a beating, but I don't see, I don't see that Cena's winded. What is John Cena gonna do here? John Cena, who has tried everything tonight to put Punk, to put Punk away and hasn't been successful yet. Punk looks out on his feet right now. John just need to finish this match out with something big right here. Uh -oh. Put this guy away because he's still dangerous. You're talking something big, Booker. I don't know what this is going to be. Oh, my God. Cena with CM Punk. Cena on the second rope, setting up Punk for, for an AA, for an attitude adjustment. Punk desperately, desperately fighting his way out of it. Elbows to the temple. Cena's in trouble. Wow. That would have finished Punk, I think. But it ain't going to happen. Punk able to escape that uh, planned attitude adjustment from the second rope. Now what? Wisely rolls into the corner, does not allow Punk to go for a, a, a pinning combination there. Creating the that champ. space, creating that space right there by John Cena. It's very, very important. CM Punk, oh. Oh. still able to deliver. Oh no, the knee. Oh my God. Oh my God, Cena in a pro position. Go to sleep. But I believe he caught him in the ribs. Oh, rib yeah, I think he caught Cena in the ribs. And Cena rolling out of the ring may have saved his championship. Yeah, well, Punk, you can see he's disappointed. He didn't hit Cena in the chin like he wanted. Caught him in the ribs and knocked Cena out of the ring. Start the, third, the referee has started the count. This could be... Like the third time like this. You know, John Cena's created that little bit of space. So I'm going to tell you, that's calculated. That's not something that's just happening by oh, accident. Look at this. Mr. McMahon, the chairman of the WWE fight that is left by John Laranitis, the executive vice president of talent relations. One of the men verbally attacked by CM Punk a couple of weeks ago on Raw. Mr. McMahon realizing the severity of this situation. Well, watching it firsthand, I guess. I mean, this is Mr. McMahon's entire legacy on the line here. CM Punk in trouble. John Cena, STF again. Look at Mr. McMahon, it's coming for the bell. Mr. McMahon, I believe, trying to signal to the timekeeper. And he's sending Larry and Otis down the right hand by what Cena. The
going to leave Chicago with the WWE Championship. Stop it, stop the music, stop it, stop it right now. Cut that, cut it, cut it, cut that music, cut it. All right, uh, all right, give me that, uh, give me Alberto Lider, come on, cash it in. Get Alberto Lider now, come on, let's go, get him out here. Oh my God, Mr. McMahon just called for Alberto Del Rio, who earlier tonight won the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. Which means that Del Rio can cash in at any time for a WWE Championship. And the boss has demanded that he do it right now. So CM Punk walks out as the WWE champion, and I was doing podcasts at the time. You hear my comments then, I still repeat it now. WWE should have taken a few extra weeks to let this storyline build a little bit more. I thought it was rushed. I thought it would have been that much better if they would have taken the extra time. But now, you know, we have technically no champion in WWE because CM Punk's contract is over. He left. He's got the title. So WWE announces they're going to have a new tournament to determine a new WWE champion. Everybody always remembers John Cena being the champion and then CM Punk returning and they would have title versus title. Remember that? Uh, John Cena wasn't originally the champion. This week, they had a tournament. In the first round, The Miz over Alex Riley, R-Truth over Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston over Alberto Del Rio, Rey Mysterio over Dolph Ziggler. In the semifinals, Miz over Kofi, Rey Mysterio over R-Truth. So the main event on Raw was going to be Rey Mysterio taking on the Miz to determine the new WWE champion. You also had a 14 Divas tag match. That one is memorable. Go watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. AJ, Beth Phoenix, Eve Torres, Gail Kim, Caitlin, Kelly Kelly, and Natty over Maris, Alicia Fox, Melina, Rosa Mendez, Tamina, and the Bellas. So now we think at the end of the night, we're going to find out who the new WWE champion is going to be. Now, if I played all the segments of how everything went down, it would go an hour. So I'm not going to include uh, a lot of the Cena stuff and some of the other stuff, or even when Vince first came out, but I'll just set this up and then you could hear the latter part of it. Ray comes out. And he advances to the final. 
So now we believe we're going to close out Raw of having Rey Mysterio taking on Miz, the tournament new champion. Vince McMahon comes out and he tells Ray, look, you know, I'm interrupting, you know, this is more important, blah, 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 blah. So we find out there's going to be no main event match. So we won't know who the new champion is going to be for at least another week. So Vince McMahon comes out there. He's cutting a promo. He's talking about CM Punk walking out with the championship and this is this and blah, 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 blah. And this would lead to John Cena coming out because remember, the stipulation in the championship match is that if John Cena did not retain that title and allowed CM Punk to win it and leave WWE as the champion, John Cena would be fired. So now we think... Vince McMahon just interrupted the match because he's going to fire Cena in storyline. Now, obviously, the firing did not happen. You know, listen to the little back and forth. There was a little TNA reference in there. Brother, you'll know what I'm talking about. But this would lead to an announcement which got very emotional at the end. Um, I still believe to this day and although Vince McMahon still is at the helm and is the final say over everything, I think this really was a transition into, you know, the the uh, Triple H, Stephanie era, now Shane McMahon back. Um, this definitely had a little bit of reality behind the scenes. I think it was more of um, getting caught in the emotion that, you know, Vince McMahon is in the latter years of running WWE. Uh, did anybody believe he was really being fired? No, it was a storyline. Is he still at the helm now? Of course. You know, but compared to years past, this was a change of the guard with the storylines on TV. And uh, the emotions that were done in the ring are uh, very impressive, Vince McMahon. But here's how everything went down. Relax, 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 relax. I'm not going to go on a profanity-ridden tirade. You don't need a seven-second delay, Kevin. I'm not going to show my genitalia. I'm not going to talk bad about your family or your company, and I know exactly what you're about to do. And I'm okay with it. Because I'm not going to have to go through the same things that you made Shawn Michaels go through. Shawn Michaels, the best performer ever to step in this ring. But you made him bend over backwards, and for all that he accomplished, for all of his achievements, for years, all they said about HBK was that he screwed Brett. No matter how many championships he won, no matter how many times he stopped the show, he carried that burden, and it began to define him, and he had to take it with him his entire career. And you know what? I thought about that a lot last week, Vince. And I put myself in his shoes. If I was in his shoes, would I want to be the guy who screwed Brett? Would I want to be the guy that screwed CM Punk? My answer was no. I knew exactly what was at stake. I asked for the match. The WWE Championship, my career, but it was more than that. It was more than just John Cena versus CM Punk in a classic. It was about you. It was about you wanting to keep your little 
bubble intact, your little universe in one piece. Nobody can embarrass Vince McMahon. And to do that, you thought you needed somebody to play ball, and I was going to be your patsy. No way. And I know I'm not supposed to say his name, but Punk, if you are out there watching, it was a hell of a match last night, son. Thank you so much. Hey, listen. You put me in a position to make a decision. You wanted the match thrown out. I don't do business like that. You're a businessman. You got your way of doing business. I do my business a certain way. I am not going to play along with that crap because you would have made a WWE championship meaningless. So here's the skinny. I've had a great career here. And he says he can make another one of me. Fine, Vince, go ahead, make one, make ten. I don't care. I'm even giving you some time. You have eight months, give or take a few days, to find another opponent for Dwayne The Rock Johnson at WrestleMania 28. I'm, I'm not an idiot, Vince. You'll do some hocus pocus and you'll find somebody for Dwayne. And WrestleMania will go off without a hitch, as if I was never even here. I get it. Meanwhile, I get to walk out of here with my pride and my dignity. So before we get into the formalities of the big Vince McMahon walk and the whole speech, which I'm going to let you do, go ahead, it's what they know you for, I just need to tell you something, and I want this to sink in. I love the WWE, and I truly believe I belong here. And man, I hate saying this, but if you're about to tell me that I'm not welcome here, if you're about to, to tell me that I have no other option, I love this. This is what I do. And if you make me walk tonight, then I will walk on someone else's television show and keep doing this, brother. That is no threat. That is a promise. And here's the skinny. There's a lot of people out there that say I do a lot of things. But I prove tonight that one thing I will not do is kiss your ass. Oh, 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 oh no, you're not going to deny me the satisfaction of what I'm about to do. No, you're not. As much as it hurts me personally and business-wise to say this, John
gentlemen, here he is. One of the all-time greats, my son-in-law as well, Triple H. Vince, sorry I got here as quickly as I could. There was a board of directors meeting this morning. Vince, last night we flew from Chicago here. When I got there, I received a phone call. I got back on the jet and I flew to the office where there was a board of directors meeting this morning. Vince, the board asked me to come here to talk to you. They're concerned about the current situation. Can we just go talk about this in the back, please? I tried to get out here, Vince, before you came to the ring, but I didn't make it. More specifically, the board is concerned about you. Don't, don't get me wrong, they completely understand you have built a global empire. All of this, every single bit of it, is because of you and your vision. That's a given. But at the same point in time, Vince, the board is concerned about your extremely questionable, their term, their words, extremely questionable decisions as of late. Vince, the board has asked me to come here to tell you that they have filed an injunction against you with a vote of no confidence. And Vince, the family agrees. On top of that, Vince, the board has appointed someone to take over the day-to-day -day operations of the WWE. <laughs> and, um... I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but Vince, it's me.
Vince, you're not going to fire John Cena. You're not going to be doing anything else. That you taught me from day one. From day one, that nobody is bigger than this business. Nobody. And this is just business. I can't even believe I'm going to say this and believe Vince, this is with all due respect. I am here to inform you that Vince, you are relieved of your duties. understand I did not want to do this I'm trying to do what's right for the business look at me look at me I love you pop and I'm sorry So the following week, Rey Mysterio would beat The Miz to become the WWE champ. Uh, unfortunately, Rey Mysterio only had the title for about 45 minutes. Later on in the night, he would take on John Cena, and John Cena would defeat Rey Mysterio. So now Cena is your WWE champion. Now here's where I was talking about things being rushed. This same week that CM Punk leaves as the WWE champion, San Diego's Comic-Con goes down, and they have a WWE panel there involving Rey Mysterio, Bret Hart, Raw writer at the time, Brian Gerwitz, and Triple H. Well, Triple H is interrupted by someone, and this is what went down. All right, so uh, I think, obviously, five minutes is probably the last question. All right, first off, I just want to say, you know...
Punk was right back on TV. I just felt it was way too soon. To have CM Punk show up at Comic-Con, eh, I think, I don't know. I thought it was fun. But I still, at the time, it just it just really killed part of the storyline. The suspension of disbelief is probably the better way I could put it. 2012, earlier in the night. We talked about Edge, who was supposed to marry Vicky Guerrero. Well, this week in 2012, someone else popped the question. AJ, last week, I I admit, last week, I asked you a question because I wanted to become the WWE Champion. But this week, I don't want anything. 
except this. AJ. Will you marry me? In 2013, we'll be respectful. We won't post photos. But to hype up the launch of Total Divas, you know, we had Jerry Lawler in the ring with The Miz and the Divas, and they're all having an interview segment. And uh, Brie Bella uh, wearing a very loose dress with no undergarments underneath and no pasties. She had a high-definition nip slip. Um you want to go look it up and you're 18 or over by all means, but you know, she's a mom now she's married. I don't know. I just don't find it appropriate to even uh, post it censored, but Hey, you know, this could be some people out there. Oh my God. I never tried the nipple before. Same week. TNA, you know, their summer of releasing lots of talent continues this time. D'Lo Brown, Bruce Pritchard, let go. 2014, WWE has Battleground from Tampa, Florida. Adam Rose over Fandango. Cameron over Naomi. Two out of three falls match for the WWE Tag Titles. The Usos over the Wyatts. Two falls to one. For the WWE Divas title, AJ Lee retains over Page. Rusev over Jack Swagger. Seth Rollins over Dean Ambrose by forfeit. Chris Jericho over Bray Wyatt. For the vacant WWE Intercontinental Championship, The Miz defeats Dolph Ziggler. For the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in a fatal four-way match, John Cena retains, defeating Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Kane. Now with CM Punk out of the WWE in 2014 uh, and never uh, expecting to return, we had the Alternative Press Music Awards go down. He was actually an interviewer or host that night, and uh, it's memorable because we all wondered maybe things could be ironed out, and CM Punk vowed that night he would never come back to WWE. Someone who we thought would never come back to TNA was back in TNA, but it was on the hush-hush, and it would get exposed, and uh, a lot of controversy. 
You know, Dixie Carter bringing back Vince Russo as a creative consultant, keeping it quiet. You know, there's a lot of people out there who find it very convenient to bash Vince Russo for every little thing that goes wrong in pro wrestling. Um, you know, apparently the network was not happy. This person wasn't happy. Vince Russo gave a nice detailed explanation online as far as what went down at that time. Um, you know, it was what it was. You know, look, when you see how much TNA declined at that time, to turn around and get so butthurt and triggered over Vince Russo being brought back, how's about everybody else that caused the massive decline as well? So I didn't really have a problem with it. 2015, WWE Battleground from St. Louis, Missouri. King Barrett over R-Truth for Barrett's King of the Ring crown. You had Randy Orton over Sheamus for the 88th time. For the WWE Tag Titles, the primetime players retain the belts, defeating the New Day. Bray Wyatt over Roman Reigns. Charlotte, in a three-way, defeats Brie Bella and Sasha Banks. Remember, this is when we had Team Bad and Team Whatever and Team Blah, Blah, Blah. Charlotte had Becky Lynch and Paige in her corner. Brie Bella had Alicia Fox and Nikki in her corner. Sasha Banks had Naomi and Tamina in her corner. For the United States title, John Cena retains the belt, defeating Kevin Owens. And the main event for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Brock Lesnar defeats champion Seth Rollins. Yeah, this is 2015, not 2019, everyone. But it was a disqualification. So as a result, the title does not change hands. 2016, we found out that Daniel Bryan would be the new SmackDown GM and Mick Foley would be the new Raw GM. As a result, they would have the 2016 WWE draft go down on SmackDown. That was the first draft in five years. If you want a quick rundown as far as who got drafted where, because you look at the current rosters and what's going down right now, you know you realize, okay, this is a couple of years later. It doesn't seem like a lot has changed since then. The roster seems to be pretty much the same. You know, a few exceptions. On Raw... Following the draft would be Seth Rollins, Charlotte, Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, New Day, Sami Zayn, Sasha Banks, Jericho, Rusev, Kevin Owens, Enzo and Kaz, Gallows and Anderson, Big Show, Nia Jax, Neville, Cesaro, Sheamus, Golden Truth, Titus O'Neil, Paige, Darren Young, Sin Cara, Jack Swagger, The Dudleys, Summer Rae, Mark Henry, Braun Strowman, Bo Dallas, The Shining Stars, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, and Curtis Axel. Why am I mentioning the list? Well... If you heard, Cesaro was on that list. He was drafted at number 17, and he caused a little bit of a buzz online because on WWE.com, there was an exclusive interview with Cesaro about being drafted to Raw, and he had this to say. Cesaro, you were drafted in the sixth round to Raw. How are you feeling about all of this? Well, first of all, I'm not too happy to be drafted. You know, what was it? 17th in the sixth round uh, I have a feeling that I should be drafted a little bit higher I was hoping to be at least top 10 and then uh, you know just looking at the rosters and uh, what the uh, G- the GMs talked about yesterday how Smackdown is going to be the, the wrestling show and uh, you know all about in-ring product and uh, you know all about the superstars and not necessarily about the you know the GMs and you know, that whole drama. I feel like I would have probably been a better fit for SmackDown, but just like in my career so far here, I think there's always uh, you know a little stumble block and whatever I have to overcome. So um, you know I'm looking forward to being on the flagship product. That's uh, trying to see the positive. Uh, being on the flagship product 
WWE Raw, and uh, you know that's where Cesaro belongs. Well, speaking of GMs, how do you think that our the, the Raw general manager McFoley and Stephanie McMahon being the commissioner, how do you think they'll coexist? Uh, honestly, that's part of the problem that you just asked me that question because I don't really care. I think. Raw going forward needs to be about the superstars. It needs to be about uh, the performers in the ring and not about what, they, what they, you know how Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley coexist. They need to be there to mediate and make the best show. But it do, that does not need to be the focus. So the focus needs to be on the superstar who got drafted. You know we have we have Seth Rollins, we have New Day, uh, we have uh, um, Finn Balor coming up from NXT. Those are the people we should be here talking about. But we're talking about Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley, which uh, is annoying to me because a lot of people talk a lot. You know, it's always a lot of talking. And you haven't heard me talk that much. It's actually great. I can be able to talk and people can see I can actually speak. You know, my brain can form thoughts that come out through my mouth. The problem is sometimes I stumble words because I speak five different languages. We know all that. So the thing is, I like to speak the language that everybody speaks all around the world. The WWE Universe loves. That's the language of wrestling that I do in the ring. That's what I do best. That's why I always deliver. This is our own Raw. That wasn't it, everyone. On SmackDown, yeah, it was a Lucha thing. Drafted to SmackDown, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, John Cena, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Becky Lynch, The Miz, Baron Corbin, American Alpha, Dolph Ziggler, Natty, Alberto Del Rio, The Usos, Kane, Kalisto, Naomi, The Ascension, Zack Ryder, Apollo Crews, Alexa Bliss, Brizango, Eva Marie, The Vaude Villains, Eric Rowe, Mojo Rawley, and Carmella. Now, because Baron Corbin was going to be on SmackDown as well as Kalisto, they interviewed Kalisto in the back. Here is what Kalisto had to say about being drafted to SmackDown. It's a lucha thing, brother. Kalisto, the last time you went at it alone, you became the United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. I'm ready. I'm ready to show... Lucha art inside and outside the ring But first of all I can't stop thinking about Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin being on Smackdown <laughs> I get to have my revenge Is that a scare? Hey, like I said I'm here to stay And make, make, a, make a, a, a good, good lucha, lucha thing God damn Wrapping up 2016 It was a bullshit match You know, regular match you would see on main event With WWE but it was Alberto Del Rio and the Dudleys taking on the Usos and Cesaro. You know, basic match. Nothing really, you know, standing out from it. With the exception of maybe a one-minute clip. During that match, Jimmy Uso was in the ring with Bubba Ray. And, you know, Bubba Ray, who is very animated in the ring and also is very vocal, which is something that is a lost art in wrestling these days. Some people still do it. Kevin Owens is excellent at doing it. Uh, Bully Ray, as he's beating up Jimmy Uso, uh, I guess revealed that he had a problem with uh, the Uso's Samoan family lineage. Back here on main event, it is time for a featured contest. Six-man tag team action rolls on here as Alberto Del Rio and the Dudleys in command against the Usos and Cesaro. And Del Rio doing everything he can to keep the Usos grounded, but they're coming up. Shot to the midsection, now Alberto Del Rio. Got to be one of the uh, highest coveted picks this coming Tuesday, SmackDown Live. Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh, Del Rio caught him at the stop. 
What a counter. Right, think about what Del Rio brings to the table. Now the cover. Shoulders down here on Jimmy Uso and a kick out. Jay tried to save him. Yeah, he did. Del Rio is so physical and so talented and extremely skilled. Not just what he does in the ring, but the man's got a tremendous family fortune. Got a lot of stroke in Mexico. Wouldn't hurt to have that. I'll take another look at this. Watch Alberto Del Rio. Look at the height. Oh, right on his chest. Right That's the good. Chest. That could actually almost stop your heart. Believe it or not, it's shock you. Golly. Now, Devon Dudley, legal for his team. And we remember once upon a time, Devon and Bubba Ray have gone their separate ways in the past. Didn't always work out the best for the two of them. But now, in WWE as they are today, the tag team uh, of the Dudley boys can be very successful. Oh, who knows what would happen? Oh, yeah, the no. Past. There's a cover. Shoulders down here and a kick out. The Dudleys are much better as a team. But yeah, you're right. With the draft, they could wind up going their separate ways. Last I remember here in WWE, Devon actually had Batista as a uh, protege of sorts. Worked yeah, out pretty well for Batista. Hey, for Batista. This is for exactly. your daddy. This is for WrestleMania. This is for your mother. This is for The Rock. Bubba's got a whole list of grievances. I wasn't really aware of how personal this was for Bubba. This not only goes back to WrestleMania in Dallas, this goes back years. It really does. Peter Maivilla, Rock's grandfather. Here's the cover, shoulders down, and a kick out. Is tonight Festivus, and I just don't know it? Going to wrap this up in a minute, everyone. 2017, Kurt Angle comes out on Monday Night Raw to make a very important announcement. First of all, I'd like to apologize to the WWE Universe for being a distraction over the past couple of months. But before I make my announcement, I want to tell you what's been going on in my life. As a child, I was always taught that every action has a consequence. Some are good, some are bad. You might have seen my WWE 24 special, so you know what I'm talking about. Well, recently, I just found out that an action of my past has a serious consequence. Because it changed my life. And I was afraid of change because I thought it would hurt my family. 
But I'm happy to say that my family is 100% supportive of this. And I'm also happy to say that the WWE, my employer, is supportive of this announcement, as I hope you are too. So here we go. When I was in college at Clarion University, I dated a young lady. We dated for a while, then we stopped dating. And it wasn't until recent I found out that she gave birth nine months after our last date. She gave birth to a baby boy. I was unaware of the pregnancy or the birth. Now this baby boy was put up for a closed adoption. And he was adopted by two loving parents that taught him great American values. Now if you indulge me for a minute, I'd like to brag about this young man. In high school, he was a three-sport athlete, an all-star, and he was a great student. He was even drafted after high school to play professional baseball, but he chose to go to college to get a degree and to excel in wrestling, and he did it both. After college, he had many, many options, but he decided that he was gonna pursue his dream of becoming a WWE superstar. Now, I'm happy he did that. And I have to say, we always settle everything in this ring on Raw, and that's what we're gonna do right now. So I'd like to introduce to you the newest member of Raw, my son. You may know him as Jason Jordan. And finally, 2018 Impact Wrestling as Slammiversary 16 from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In a four-way, Johnny Impact over Phoenix, Taiji, Ishimori, and Petey Williams. Tessa Blanchard over Ali. In a House of Hardcore Rules match, Eddie Edwards over Tommy Dreamer. For the Impact X Division Championship, Brian Cage defeats Matt Seidel to win the title. For the Impact Knockouts title, Sue Young retains over Madison Rain. DLAX retained the Impact World Tag Team titles, defeating Hernandez and Homicide. In a mask versus hair match, Pentagon Jr. defeats Sammy Callahan, so Sammy Callahan's head was shaved. In the main event for the Impact World Championship, Austin Aries retains the title, defeating Moose. Notable birthdays this week, those celebrating birthdays who are no longer with us. Happy birthday to the fabulous Moolah. Hiro Matsuda, David Von Erich, George Hackenschmidt, Edouard Carpentier, Joe Brunelli, Sky Lolo, Bob Orton Sr., Tex McKenzie, T Ted Heath, Sonny Fargo, Farmer Brown, The Angel of Death, Cyclone Mackey, The Great Scott, Leo Garibaldi, Lofty Bloomfield, Mike Nazarian, Gil Guerrero, Frank Tolliver, Frank Martinez, Gene Antone, Randy Anderson, G.J. Peterson, Dr. Extreme, Dick Griffin, Ray Richards, Happy Humphrey, The Mighty Igor, Archangel De La Muerte. Happy birthday to all of you. Richard Brown turns 90. Frenchie Lamont, 73. Carlos Colon is 71. 
Randy Rose is 63. Robert Gibson, 61. Yoshiaki Yago is 58. Dusty Wolf, 57. Al Snow, Giant Silva, and Steve Gillespie turn 56. Shawn Michaels is 54. Blue Demon Jr. and Sean Simpson turn 53. Pequeno Violencia is, four, is 51. Great Sasuke and Mike Sanders turn 50. Sean Stasiak, Choden, Senshi, Battle Ranger, Azteca, and Mr. Nibla is 49. Michael Modest, Otoko Sakari, and Chastity turn 48. Chinchiro Otani, Jason Rumble, and Mike Keener, referee Mike Keener, turn 47. Homeless Jimmy is 46. Chris Chetty, Avis Man, and Ray Bucanero turn 45. Daphne, Yuki Kondo, Ultramantis Black, and El Zorro are 44. Bobby Lashley, Ray Chureno, Cage, and Abdullah Kobayashi turn 43. Tony Mamaluke, Yuji Sakuragi, and Trick Nasty, 42. Mike Knox, Sushi, Deckness, Bulk, and K-Man are 41. Adam Rose, Joey Mercury, Stuka Jr., El Nazareno, Povera, and Mark Sternling are 40. Fandango, Mikey Whiplash, not Whipwreck, but Whiplash, Lucifer, I love that name, Lucifer, Mark Letchman, Masato, and Ryan Wolf turn 36. Ben Saylor, Tron, and Dave Mastiff are 35. Happy birthday to Killer Cross, Thumbtack Jack, QT Marshall, Akira Tozawa, and Todd Chandler, they are 34. Jinder Mahal, Lacey Von Erich, Mojo Rawley, Dave Dujure, Alex Price, Red Dragon, and Mochi Miyagi turn 33. Azusa Taikawa, Hoho Lun, Mortis, Player Uno, The Flying Hawaiian, they all turn 32. Donnie Douglas is 31. Lady Aphrodita, Fabian Aikner, Zarko, Golden Magic, and Hana, the Howling Huntress, they turn 29. Mandy Rose, Shoka Nakajima, Laura DiMatteo, Holiday, and Thunder Rosa are 28. Dinosaur Takuma and you, that's Y-U-U, they're 27. Katara Yoshino, Lady Puma, Aria Blake, and Dynastia turn 25. Maki Natsumi and Dolce Canella are 24. Muerte Infernal and Kaito Kayomiya are 23. And happy birthday, Casey Navarro, who turns 20. Notable debuts this week in history. Ivan Putski debuted in 1969, Cedric Alexander in 2009, and Brandy Rhodes in 2011. And finally, notable deaths this week, those who passed away this week in history. Rio de Jalisco died at age 85. Gorgeous George Arena at 84. Gato Mongol at 82. Carl Rosenstein at 79. Lord Alfred Hayes, Bob Orton Sr. and June Byers at 76. Jackie Brown, 75. Tony Galento and Greg Peterson at 69. Miguel Perez and Jack Kennedy at 68. Pat Roach and Lil Abner Osborne died at 67. Chuck Richards and the Missouri Mauler died at age 65. Goldie Rogers at 61. Johnny Canuck at 56. Joe Comar, 53. Randy Rice at age 50. Bullwhip Johnson at 49. Mustafa Shikane at 43. Bruiser Brody at 42. Terry Gordy and Billy Firehawk at age 40. John Cronus at 38. Virgil Lee Flynn, the third at 33, and A.J. Matrano died at age 29. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week in wrestling history. Please follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, the website DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. 
Remember our Patreon page. If you like what we do, you want to help support the shows, help us pay the bills and get a boatload of exclusive content in return, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Every other week, yours truly, Amish, Breakfast Soup. Kevin Castle has a solo show. We do a live show every Tuesday. Early releases of other shows, predictions, contests, up and down the board, tons of shit. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone, be well. I will talk to you soon. Ciao. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent myhealthpolicy.com i'm enrolling in medicare soon and it had me a little confused then i found myhealthpolicy.com with myhealthpolicy.com i could go online and compare medicare advantage plans from some top rated national insurers including zero dollar monthly premium plans i could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed myhealthpolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com.